And in other airline news, do you have more confidence in your pilot based on his or her accent? Most Southern confident. accents don't do it. We're going to stop over and get this some bitch. My brother-in-law needs a, <laughs> He needs a jump. We're going to have to start, Which start is out a little light. Texan is the number one accent people have the least confidence yeah, absolutely. in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. New York. I think we can blow through this some bitch. <laughs> if they say captain, I'm always like, all right, get over it. <laughs> oh, you're such a big shot. Oh, Captain. Flying this plane. I'm, I'm Captain and Coke. That's a quick joke for everybody, but I am a little hammered. Anyways, we're about to scoot off. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's 6 o'clock at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 52 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Xfinity from Comcast. I'm Val Porter. Republican senators hope to confirm Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court tomorrow. Kavanaugh's nomination will need to clear a key procedural hurdle this morning. The Senate will vote to formally end debate and proceed to a confirmation vote. Kavanaugh is defending the sometimes angry testimony he gave in last week's Senate Judiciary Committee hearing to address allegations of sexual assault. Kavanaugh wrote in yesterday's Wall Street Journal that during the hearing he was more emotional than he's ever been and he admitted he might have been too emotional at times and said things he shouldn't have. Capitol Police say they arrested more than 300 people protesting Kavanaugh yesterday. Amy Schumer and model Emily Ratajkowski were among those detained. Today is International Teachers Day and the world is far from its goal of training 69 million new teachers by 2030. On this date in 1966, countries came together to sign the Teaching in Freedom Pact in Paris. The United Nations uses the date to promote the teaching profession, saying good teachers are still needed in many parts of the world. 25 nations celebrate Teachers Day on October 5th, so maybe at least if you're not going to do something special, give a kind word to your kids' teachers today. A new study is suggesting that marijuana is worse for teenage brains than alcohol. The Canadian study published in the American Journal of Psychiatry tested the memory and reasoning of nearly 4,000 teenagers and found that marijuana affected their long-term cognitive abilities more than booze. The study also found that when teenagers stopped smoking pot, their memory didn't get any better. Scientists say much more research is needed to find out how marijuana affects young brains. Yeah, I was wondering about that because, like, to me it's safer for you after your brain is developed, but because there's a psychoactive component to it, mm-hmm. maybe we should stress more caution for young people. Cause they say well, your brain is yeah. not done developing until you're like 27 or something like that. Yeah. And then it immediately goes downhill, <laughs> but I'm uh, really on the skids. Yeah, I can, I definitely see where there may be some validity to that, but overall, it's so much more safe than than alcohol consumption, and it is not the gateway drug that they always claimed it to be. Right. Alcohol madness. really is the gateway. Yeah, you always hear if somebody is causing trouble, starting fights, they're usually drunk. Yeah, the stone people are not. They're playing <laughs> not mega touch at the bar, right. going, "What's everybody pissed about?" 
Pearl Jam is announcing their recent Seattle home shows at Safeco Field raised $11 million for homelessness causes. The band's first hometown shows in five years on August 8th and 10th had them team up with local businesses and other partners who will distribute those funds to nearly 100 organizations fighting homelessness. The funds raised during the shows came from tickets and merchandise sales as well as individual donations. In a statement, guitar Stone Gossard said the band was proud of what their hometown has done but added there is a lot more to do. Ray Donovan actor Pooch Hall is behind bars for allegedly letting his two-year-old son drive because he was too drunk to do it himself. Police tell TMZ a witness reported seeing a child behind the wheel and swerve into a parked car Wednesday night in Burbank. The website adds that when officers pulled him over, Hall reeked of booze and could barely walk. His blood alcohol level was more than three times the legal (laughs) limit. Uh, The two-year-old boy was uninjured and later returned to his mother. Hall remains jailed on $100,000 bail. He plays Ray's half-brother, Daryl, on Ray Donovan. Two-year-old kid. Yeah. Two. Two. I mean, probably not mastering walking yet. How can a two-year-old uh, kid even fit in the driver's seat? Well, I'm guessing it was sitting on his lap. Oh, okay. That's what I imagine. I I imagine he was sitting in the seat next to him. I was marvel. This story was like he's the tallest two-year-old ever. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm actually impressed. Clouds and sun, upper 60s for the high today. It's 52 at DVE. Steeler Friday getting you ready for Sunday's matchup between the Steelers and the Falcons. A little bit later on this morning, Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. We'll also do our Know Your Enemy segment with Daryl Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Atlas in the Coffeehouse. Sean Collier reviewing A Star is Born and Venom, two huge movies. We'll give Sean yeah. some prime time today. Those are big ones. Yeah. That was uh, huge. That's right. And, uh, hey, Tesla's getting us going this morning, Valerie. Nice. Little love song from Tesla. DVE. Oh, yeah, the DVE morning show. The Penguins season kicking off last night, and my God. It, <laughs> Holy uh, it, scoring it, display. It was, it was insane. It was super fun to watch. We, there were five, five or six goals in, like, the first eight minutes <clears throat> of the game, I think. Yeah. Something it, like that. And uh, it goes to OT, and in overtime, Latang gets his second in the game to put it away for the Pens. Yes, to Latang, Latang left side to Kessel, Kessel back to Latang, right side. Malkin fakes it one time, it goes to Latang. Hey! scores. Chris Latang, the center, high slot position, drills it by Holpe, and the Pittsburgh Penguins have won this game in overtime as Elvis has just left the building on the stick of Chris Latang. The Pens are undefeated on the season. They win the home <laughs> opener. And, uh, I mean, it resembled the NFL in so many ways. Tons of scoring, no defense. It just, uh, I really hated the, my hate for the Capitals got revived last night. Imagine if Wilson was playing. I know. Then you'd really be pissed. Mike will have more on that coming up at the bottom of the hour and a look ahead at the matchups for this Sunday's 1 o'clock kickoff. Don't forget Steelers-Falcons. Sunday, 9 a.m. is when we start our coverage here on your radio home of the Steelers, the 1 o'clock kickoff. We have uh, Tim Benz and uh, Rob King and Dale Lawley, and then they turn it over to Mike Pursuta, Jerry Dulac, and Bob Labriola, who in turn hand it off to the triumvirate of Steelers Broadcasting in Bill Hillgrove, Tunchilkin, and Craig Wolfley on the sideline. That's Sunday, a one o'clock kickoff. Uh, I'm I'm excited for this one. Is it a must win? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. 
I mean, so really, 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 really need to win. It'd be very bad. Uh, I haven't talked to anybody in town that has any hope for the Steelers for the whole season. I'm saying everybody <laughs> has, is bailing on the Steelers right wow. now, and I don't know. I I don't know if we, I remember. We're four games into the season. I know. <laughs> I think we've been zero and four before, and people have had more hope. But wow. something about this. No hope. One two one is no bueno. Two two and one. Conversely, that just looks a lot better, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. All of a sudden, things are looking up. Steelers with a big challenge, and it's supposed to be beautiful this weekend, so I'm excited for it. The rain yesterday, man, I hope that doesn't come around again. Are you sure it's supposed to be nice on Sunday? Well, my iPhone told me it was supposed to be nice, so I I <laughs> that, rely on my iPhone. My app, uh, my Channel 11 app says light rain mid-80s, but it's only 40% chance. All right, light rain, so, not a big deal. And only 40%. Yesterday was more that biblical rain that we get. Yeah, a lot it, of a lot of flooding in the area too. My again. L- again. How come every time it rains it's flood rain? I yeah, I don't know. Remember when we used to just get a little bit of rain and also the weather cooled off as we got into fall? <laughs> that I don't mind so much. You like the hot? I really don't mind it. Super humid. Yeah, yeah, you got to put up with that, but I'm totally okay with Wearing short sleeves in mid-October. Not me. I stick to the seasons, as I was taught as a young boy. (laughs) As soon as Edmund Nelson started eating ribs, I began wearing cardigans. (laughs) The official signifier of fall, the last preseason game of the year. But now, it's like it's been 80 degrees for six weeks since their last preseason game. Yeah. Yeah, going to be 80 through the weekend. That's right. We'll dig it. And it's not Indian summer. When does Indian summer come around? I now? think that's after the first frost, if I recall my learning. Okay. <laughs> and we're a long way from a frost. Yes. This week, anyway. Yeah. A little chilly as you get out there this morning, but nothing like. Uh... It's in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. I know I had short sleeves going out of my house, bounding out like I was going to like fifth grade. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, it's freezing. Yeah. It's supposed to be in the 80s through Wednesday. All right. Good deal. Deep Purple, DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DVE.com. The grand prize for week five is a $100 Steelers Pro Shop gift card plus $50 in Sheets gift cards. Head to DVE.com for rules and registration. You got to submit a lineup by 1255 Sunday, October 7th. The Pittsburgh Fantasy Football Challenge is back at DVE.com. All right, we were talking about the game off the air. It was crazy back and forth. Uh, Just nonstop scoring for the Penguins home opener last night. Everybody got in on it. Um, Latang gets uh, the couple uh, and the game winner there. Good look for him early. Yeah, I mean, defensively, he wasn't so great early on. Broussard gets one. Uh, Sid was so close uh, a couple of times. Jack Johnson had the game on his stick with a minute left in the game and could not convert on the breakaway. A lot of breakaways, a lot of wide open ice last night. Michael have the full details on that. But I mean, look, it's it's hockey it, 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 hockey's back, but it's a Steeler Friday. Yes. Don't you get excited for Even me, damn it. <laughs> don't 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 <laughs> You turn on me now, too. We I'm need not. everybody on board here. Yeah, it's a Steeler Friday. There you go, Valerie. Okay. 
Michael, get you ready for that, what the team is saying in anticipation of this Sunday's matchup and a review of what went down with the Penguins last night. Do you think they feel the same way we do? Steelers? <laughs> so Steelers. No. Like, oh, this is a must win. Uh, I felt like when Cam Hayward told us that he is not, he wasn't on social media, and I haven't seen him on social media all week. I have a feeling they're really trying to get down to business. Hunkering down. Yeah, because if they don't get this right this weekend. It's going to get ugly. Yeah, it's going to be hard to dig out. So, Mike will have the full report when we come back. As promised, Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. It's John Collier reviewing two huge movies coming out. Venom and A Star is Born. I'm excited for A Star is Born. Me too. Don't I you? really want to see it. I think Lady Gaga is going to be our next share. Maybe. Because she did uh, win an Oscar, didn't yes. she? Yes, Cher's a great actress. Plus, she was Rocky Dennis's mom. <laughs> Couldn't you see Lady Gaga being Rocky Dennis's mom? Yes. Maybe they'll do a remake because they remake everything. Oh, I the- mean, A Star is Born. This is the third one. I know. Mask, though. You can't remake Mask. There's only one, and it's perfect. <laughs> it is. She's smoking hot in, in Mask. She, and a bad mom. She's a terrible mom. Kind of. Horrible mom. That's not what makes her hot. She's just like, she's gorgeous in that movie. But Sam Shepard. Oh, he's so great. He's so good in it. Gar. I don't know who Gar was, but. That was him. He was Gar. Sam Shepard. Well, who was the big heavy guy? Bear. Bear. Bear couldn't. He, he learned to talk for Rocky. He was yes. like, good luck, Rocky. And they're like, Bear talked. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a big day. Basically, if the Steelers win on Sunday, it'll be the equivalent of Bear talking in the movie Mask. <laughs> We're all going to rejoice. Wow. DVE Sports. All right, Mike Masuda with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. And the Penguins got their season underway last night with a barn burner. Was that Penguins caps or pickup basketball? Sports Mm -hmm. this hour brought to you by CBS Television. When they went to overtime last night at the PPG Paints Arena and you took a look at uh, what each team was throwing on the ice in terms of offensive talent, and you factored in uh, the total disinterest in playing any defense that both teams had displayed for 60 minutes, you probably had a pretty good idea this game wasn't going overtime. Mm. And mm-hmm. it didn't. Sidney Crosby drawing a hooking penalty on Evgeny Kuznetsov 19 seconds into the extra session, and then Chris Letang from Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel at 120, sending them home happy. Penguins 7, cap 6 for openers. I had the same. I went to the game last night and I was sitting there watching. That. I had the same thought you did. This looks like an NFL game. They're just going up and down and firing away. It, goal, goal, goal. Yeah, I, I mean, there need, needs to be a little defense <laughs> in order for me to Some. really like the product. There was none last night. None. But, uh, boy, entertaining as hell for October. I mean, you don't really want to see everybody diving and blocking shots in a one nothing game to start things off, do you? No. There's plenty of time for that. No, I got you. Uh, Penguins had 12 different players register at least a point. Seven had multi-point games. Chris Letang with two goals and an assist. And Evgeny Malkin with a goal and two assists had three points. Jake Gensel also had a couple of goals. Montreal is here Saturday night. Yeah, buddy. Off and running. Game two. Maybe there'll be a little D. I, the reason that it bothers me is because I want Murray to get off to a great start. And when he doesn't have anybody playing well in front of him, well, it's tough for him to 
can't get his feet, and he left in a Gave couple up six. I thought a couple were really couple soft. shaky ones yeah. last night. I mean, couple Brooks Orpik were, should never score. No, and high glove side, short side again. But couple when you leave Alex Ovechkin wide open in front, and he just tips it in. There's no, you a, can't do anything. About not a whole that. lot you're going to do about that. Mm-hmm. Brooks Orpik getting a goal. <laughs> he got his gets one about every two regular seasons. He got it out of the way this year. Yeah, did it early. Steelers getting ready uh, for the Falcons on Sunday, and uh, the good news is apparently Chris Boswell is going to live. Uh, he practiced yesterday. Here's special teams coordinator Danny Smith. Yeah, he did. Did a good job. Uh, looked real good. He did kick in practice today, uh, full workout. Everything's good. You had said last week you thought you saw something Yeah, fixable. we did, and we think we fixed it. You said you, know, you expected yeah, better. He delivered. He delivered, and we expect that to continue. So... Crisis averted or yes. nerves calm. Hey, this is week to week, man. This whole business is week to week. But uh, we expect him to be uh, the player that he is, yes. Yeah, Boswell got stepped on Wednesday, which is why he ended up on the injury report. But uh, nothing to see here. That's not going to be a problem. It was his plant foot. Uh, you know, bringing up the point of this business is week to week, that's a salient point for a lot of these coaches because I'm starting starting to think that I'm starting to wonder if a lot of these guys are going to have jobs next year if the season continues to go this way. If it it doesn't start trending upward, I mean, how can Randy Feekner last another year? How do you give him another chance? Yesterday he said, you know, maybe I should give the ball to the running back a little bit more because, you know, those guys need to get uh, he did. get running too. They need to get their motor running a little bit and get warmed up. That's like an inside voice thing. <laughs> you shouldn't. Thanks, taking responsibility. He's, I know he did it in week one. With, he, I know. Does Connor stink? No, nah, maybe I should give him the ball more. I, that's, that's, you know. Yeah, maybe I should give him the ball more. Uh, Nobody why, calls Steve, a perfect game. Stephen Ridley sitting on the sidelines after week one. He goes, yeah, that's my fault. I need to get him in there more often. Still haven't seen him. Randall, when Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown start hooking up with more regularity, a lot of this stuff's going to fall into place. Well, let's make sure that happens this until weekend, Mike, because if happens, it doesn't. Until that happens, nothing's going to look like you need it to. Sunday's crowd will be a big indicator where Steeler Nation is because the weather won't be bad, even if it's light rain, as Val said uh, the forecast is calling for. That should be a 68,000-person attendance, you know, 70,000 standing room only, jam-packed. Yeah, I'm guessing it's not going to be that. It's not going to be, is it? Oh, I'm getting pissed. You can't jump off the bandwagon just yet. And this is not a must game, by the way. I know it's that. It's the fifth game. <laughs> it's a must game when the season is over if you don't win. Because if they win the next eight after they fall to 1-3-1, one, and one, it's not going to be enough. Oh, wait, it would. Calm down. Calm down. That's not how things work. There's no calm. We're spoiled, and we want immediate success. Context. Uh, the injury news not good uh, on the defensive side. Morgan Burnett uh, downgraded from limited to did not participate with the groin, and Vince Williams' hamstring did not participate for the second consecutive game. Looks like it's going to be LJ Fort replacing Vince Williams, here's defensive coordinator Keith Butler. You know he's going to get his chance here this this week probably, and uh, yeah, I think he I think he's played well for us, and so we'll see this week how he does. It's a big week for him. Uh, I hope he plays well because I you know I think he's a legitimate linebacker in the National Football League. Might be more inside voice stuff there. The guy you're putting in to replace the starter. Boy, I hope he plays well. I hope he does. But I'll tell you this: significant uh, development yesterday. 
Keith Butler came up with a three dad gum press conference. Oh wow. <laughs> which I think means he is actually starting to feel pretty good about his defense. Are you f- still keeping the dad gum yeah, counter? That's nine. Nine on the year? Nine on the year. Okay. So he's rolling now. He is. Uh the more dad gums, uh, the better. Uh Butler also talked about how they're going to attack Matt Ryan. It ain't gonna be with the blitz. As we're starting to come around here, I think our four man rush has got to improve and I think we will. They, they were good to us last year. They end up uh, getting a bunch of sacks for us last year. I, I think we will. Uh, I like our matchups this week uh, in terms of uh, trying to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Is Ryan one of those guys who'll see the blitz coming? Oh, he's been around, man. He's, he's, pretty, he's seen, you know, we played him four years ago. We blitzed a stew out of him back then. So, you know, he's seen all the all the blitzes that probably we've, we've run. So, it's, it's – uh, He's not going to be fooled by any of that stuff. So we we, we got to do a good job of covering and a good job of pressuring the quarterback just in our base defenses. They blitzed the stew out of him last time. <laughs> Can't do that to Matt Ryan. Three dead gums and a blitz the stew. You blitz told me this guy's stew. not. It's, we, I did that story last year, the Alabama translations to English because they don't want to swear because they're polite. So instead of saying you blitz the bleep S word out of yeah. him, you use another S word, stew. Mm. Stew. Keep hitting them till the stew comes out. That's the... <laughs> well, I hope we hit the stew out of Matt Ryan this weekend. <laughs> what they're going to have to do is get pressure with four and cover on the back end and have the DBs work in tandem. That actually worked out uh, perfectly yesterday. One juncture, Joe Hayden on the coverage, tipping the ball, Sean Davis providing support, got the tip pick. It uh, It looked like it's supposed to on Sunday. Felt like it, you know, working, uh, working hand in hand, making plays together, putting plays together. So, and we look good. Who was that on Snoop? Hoping it was on. Uh, I'm hoping it was on. Uh, what you call it? Uh, what's the number eleven name? Julio. Yeah, I'm hoping it's on Julio. Yeah. What's number eleven's name? Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. Nameless great faces. That's how it is. Sean Davis claiming, and maybe he actually didn't know Julio Jones' name. You know, they put on the scout team. They put the different numbers. Yeah, on the Steelers players. You it know, would be good to not focus on their names. <laughs> it might be a good tactic. It was number twelve on the pick. Mohamed Sanu. He's twelve. Calvin Ridley's eighteen, and Julio Jones is eleven. So whatever the Steelers practice team receivers are, they put those jerseys on so the defense gets used to seeing those numbers. Sean Davis. That number eleven. He's pretty good. What's his name? Julio. Boy, I mean, between... Is he the only guy on the planet that doesn't know Julio Jones' name? Atlanta getting a little healthier as well. Uh, Devonta Freeman running back, full practice, but defensive tackle Grady Jarrett did not participate for a second straight day. Baseball playoffs, the Dodgers are up one game to none on the Braves after a 6 nothing win last night. And the Brew Crew beat the Rockies 3-2. to Milwaukee's up one game to none. That team is all of a sudden very interesting. Today's the day in terms of postseason baseball. Indians and Astros at 205. Justin Verlander against Corey Kluber. Then you've got the Rockies and the Brewers, the Yankees and the Red Sox, and the Braves and the Dodgers all playing in succession. Mike Pursuit with your Sports Valley News. Top of the hour, Valerie. Coming up at the top of the hour, they had it right on Entourage. You got to hug it out, bitch. Makes everything better. We'll talk about a new study. Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week, Minio's in Squirrel Hill, $3 Bud Light bottles every Steeler Sunday at Minio's Pizza House in Squirrel Hill. That's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Kara Sapati yesterday brought us 
our latest installment of Yinzers on the News. You know what? Yinzers in the news. Okay. <laughs> As you know, we like to point out every once in a while when the local news channels put on someone who has a uniquely thick Pittsburgh accent and highlight some of the more... It's almost like they seek them out. Sometimes it is. Yeah. Kara, though, uh, being a reporter for Channel 11, is that something... Do you actually seek out someone who's got a real thick Pittsburgh accent? Never. This vehicle crashed <laughs> in this man's yard. Sorry, this he was destined vi- to be on the news. He couldn't avoid it when an SUV came barreling into his yard. It took out half of a tree, it ripped out a guide rail, it landed upside down... It was a violent crash. The woman is okay. She had staples in the back of her head yesterday. But it, the, the crazy thing is it just tapped his house. It just magically stopped right at the corner of his house. But he said that wow. it made the house vibrate, so he ran outside. He's one of the nicest people mm-hmm. I have ever met. He let us park our truck right in front of his house on the grass. Might as well. Someone else just did. <laughs> you um, know okay, news. let's get to it. How many uh-huh. Yinzer bells will ring during this interview? I think everybody should just try to guess. All right. It seems like there might be a lot. The first of three installments. I was uh, in bed and that, and I just heard a big bang and that, and uh, looked out the window and that, and saw so a by my house and that. Oh, wow. 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 That's oh, my God. God. Four. Uh, he had four. Four and that. Is there more? Is there more in that? No, no, wait. Hold on. Let me <laughs> check that again. I was uh, in bed and that, and I just heard a big bang and that, and... Uh, Looked out the window and that and saw this corway by my house and that. Just laying there upside down. Just laying there. Laying there upside down. You could have given me one for the down. I I was thinking the same thing. Uh, But we'll score that a four-beller, okay? That's a four-bell Yenzer alarm right there. (laughs) It continues, so he's already at four. How many more will there be? He got her out of the car and that, and she was sitting along the side of the road here and that, so then I got her lawn chair so she could sit down on and that, make her more comfortable. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now, technically, what was that? Three more? That's seven, yeah. but that, that could have been nine. Uh, yeah, that, I'm with you, Scott. Yeah, because I like the downs, two downs the there that really didn't get scored by the judges. I'm which gonna go I, with, I'm going to go nine. Uh, 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 all right, so it's somewhere between seven and nine, depending on how you're scoring at home. And so <laughs> we're still not done. No, we're not done. Oh, this is great. Okay, one more. She just said that her head was hurting and this and that, and she needed her medication and that. Two more to finish it out. Wow. All right. So that is either nine nine or 11, 11, depending on how you're scoring at home. That's a lot. That is a lot of Yinzer Bells. Yinzer's on the news. You know what? Yinzer's in the news. DB morning show. Gino got in on the action last night for the Pens. Watches Kessel skate away from him. Crosby sets it up. They go near side. I'm open. He shoots and scores. And get him off it from the right wing circle. Just brilliant passing by the Penguins. And they have a 6-4 lead here in the third period. Oh, hoping just lost his liquor license. Yeah, uh, last night, Latang got the game winner. He had a couple. Gensel had a couple. A back-and-forth game, 7-6 final. In OT for the Penguins in their home opener last night. They have Montreal on Saturday night at home. PittsburghPenguins.com to get tickets to that. Flurry will be in town with the Vegas Golden Knights next Thursday. But we're talking a lot of Steelers today. We'll have Dave Damashek from the NFL Network next hour. Val has your news coming up next after our Yinzers in the News rewind there. What do you got? You got to hug it out, bitch. It really does make everything better. I believe you.
CMU figured that out. Ah, well, then you know so it's you true. Know, that's right. Atlas in the Coffee House. Also, Daryl Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal Constitution in our Know Your Enemy segment as we get ready for Steelers Falcons Sunday, 1 o'clock here on DB. <laughs> Speaking of neck, Val's neck is cold, so she uh, she's, <laughs> she's hey man, don't put great... her business out there. Don't she's put like... her neck business out there. <laughs> That's a nice segue. Well, he... <laughs> I don't mean I felt it and it's cold. I mean she's t- she told me it's cold, and th- then she suggested she needs dicky for women for women. Now dickies are those things, of course, the the turtlenecks that are just the neck. But I already have a great name for it. What the hickey. The woman, Dickie? Yeah, Dickie for her. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Please don't put that on the packaging. <laughs> no, you have to. Well, you have to do a lot of explaining to people who are there for something else. <laughs> I'm here to get Dickie for her. Wait a second. Huh? Hold on. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. You don't need your Dickie this weekend, Val. No, it's going to be in the 80s no. through uh, Wednesday, I think. It's insane. Not exactly uh, what we expect, but I'll take it. I need nice weather for Sunday for the Steelers to beat the Falcons. Well, it shouldn't be too bad. All right. Well, good. I mean, I, I don't want it to be too hot because, you know, Penn's got a game Sunday night. Well, it's going to be in Or the Saturday days. night, rather. So I don't want that ice all sloppy. It might be. Speaking of sloppy, defense, pretty sloppy last <laughs> night for the Penguins. 13 goals scored in a shootout that was settled in overtime. And uh, it was, I mean... At one point, I was like, well, this is kind of fun to watch back and forth. And then I was kind of sick of it. (laughs) I wanted some defense. I wanted Murray to be unbelievable. Six uh, goals on 36 shots last night is Murray's stat line. Not the best, but, I mean, it was a shooting gallery. You know what I was glad about? What? The third line looked awesome. Mm, Broussard started the season off the way we all wanted him to. Rushed in, battling for it. It comes up the boards. Still a fight for the puck. The left point, it goes over. Simone shooting stop. Rebound for start. Puts it in. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have the lead again. As Derek Broussard captures the open net. And the Penguins lead 5-4. to four. And you can stop the car. Mabel, it's number 19, Derek Broussard on the rebound. Oh, Mikey sounds great. Stop the car, Mabel. I don't know that I remember that one. I don't. I don't know that I do either. Well, despite that they didn't win the Stanley Cup last year or last season, mm-hmm. maybe that extra month was good for them. Perhaps. We shall see. Saturday night against the Canadians, Thursday night against the Vegas Golden Knights, and tickets available at pittsburghpenguins.com if you want to go see your Pittsburgh Penguins. But we got a Steeler game to talk about because it's Steeler Friday. Dave Damashek of the NFL Network will be joining us later on this hour. Also, we'll have our Know Your Enemy segment with Daryl Ledbetter coming up from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and Sean Collier reviewing a couple of biggins. For this weekend, Venom and A Star is Born. You're very excited for A Star is Born. Um, well, yes. I am excited for Venom because I love Tom Hardy. He's good in everything. He is. He's very short. He is? Super short. He's, <laughs> he's, he's the same height as like Tom Cruise. Like 5'5"? Five, five? Yeah. Wow, I didn't he, know that. Yeah, he's a small guy. He's a short fella. But he's a hell of an actor. That's how good of an yeah. actor he is. You never realized so that he was uh, he was tiny. He's good in everything. Oh, did you ever watch Peaky Blinders on Netflix? I started to, and I was bored the first episode, so I yeah, never... Yeah, the first episode stinks, and then the rest of them are great. Well, then maybe I'll have to get by it. Yeah, because you have to watch up to the point where the Tom Hardy character comes in. <laughs> how far in is that? I don't remember. I think like three episodes. He's awesome. Okay. He's really good. Um, but yeah, Venom, we'll get Sean Collier's reaction to that and uh, A Star is Born. I wonder if in Star is Born, 
in A Star Is Born, do they do like the cameos of the people who started in the last one? Like does Chris Christopherson play like a store clerk who says something yeah, like poignant? I don't know. Like something in reference to his prior role. They said that um, fans of A Star Is Born were slamming Venom on social media, saying this is a terrible movie. about to go see Star Is Born, but it's I can't imagine it's the same audience. Complete. Completely different audience. Maybe a few people like me, but yeah, I would say I'm in the in the minority. Not to mention, does that ever dissuade you from going to a movie? Internet reviews? Um, no, no, no. <laughs> what do you got? Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. F it, no. F it, no. Uh, it's 52 degrees now at DVE. The news brought to us by CBS Television. A man reportedly jumped off the 16th floor of a residence hall at Duquesne University last night. Pittsburgh police say it happened about 10.30 p.m. on the Forbes Avenue side of Broadier Hall. Campus police had reportedly been called to the 16th floor for an altercation, but as officers spoke to the individual in question, he jumped and later died at a hospital. Oh, terrible. Another inch of rain caused problems yesterday in the Pittsburgh area. The National Weather Service says city responders had to perform several water rescues. Brentwood School District is closed today because of rain damage to school buildings. The Weather Service also reported road flooding in Hempfield and Ross Raver Townships in Westmoreland County. In Allegheny County, authorities are also in Wilmerding looking into whether a lightning strike caused a house fire and storm damage from earlier this week in Westmoreland County can be blamed on a trio of tornadoes that touched down there. Well, Ari had it right on the TV show uh, Entourage. Gotta hug it out, bitch. A new study found getting a hug makes us happier. Well, yeah, I mean, human contact. It depends who the hug's from, though. Probably. Uh, if you're having a conflict with someone, romantic or not, Hugging it out with that person helps make those negative feelings go away. It's kind of like they just melt. Researchers at CMU tracked 400 men and women for two weeks and talked to them every night about how their day went. They asked about things like social activities, conflicts they'd had, resolutions to those conflicts, and whether they'd hugged anyone that day. And they found that when people received at least one hug... On the same day something bad happened, they are less likely to dwell on that bad moment, and it even carried over to the next day. Carnegie Mellon University found that people who consider themselves huggers are overall healthier and have stronger relationships than non-huggers. I'm a hugger. Yeah. I didn't didn't hug really you're not until a I No, I am, but You're you're a little more of a hugger now than you used to be. Yeah, when I first moved to Pittsburgh, like everybody hugged. I was like, "What? What are you doing?" Yeah, that's weird. To be fair, um, you know, I, I mostly knew you from the workplace, so it's yes. weird to do, <laughs> yes, <laughs> hugging in the workplace is a rarity. Although there are lots of hugs around this place, because I think a lot of people are commiserating with one another. But very, <laughs> very few workplaces. You know, Pittsburgh was not built by a bunch of steel workers who hugged it out, bitch, right. on a daily basis. Yeah, workplace hugging is different. Well, especially nowadays. You have to be very careful about the workplace hugging. (laughs) It's true. No slow burns. Very, very careful. But you have to draw the line in hugging. There is a... What do you mean? Well, there are certain people or certain things that warrant a hug. You know what I hate? If I come at you with a hand, don't, don't wave it off. I mean, I've already made the determination 
Dude, we're going. We're shaking this one out, or Not I'm giving hugging. you a bro hug. Oh, okay. But the amount Which is of, like a handshake, pull in for a hug. Guys, one arm hug. Oh, the amount of times they knock the hand out of the way and get in here and then pull you in for a hug. It's like, <laughs> dude, we're not huggers. I mean, I'm we're a hugger, there. but no, I don't want to hug everybody. Yeah. You have to be in the hug zone. Like if I walk into Walmart, I don't want the greeter to give me a hug. <laughs> that might be a little aggressive. <laughs> that would be a bit much. Yes. But if you saw an uh, an older person as the greeter at Walmart and he was hugging somebody, what do you think? Oh, that's very nice. No, I would think he's about to get fired. <laughs> I think grandpa, Grandpa's taking it one step too far once again. <laughs> it's funny because my sister-in-law is not a hugger, and I don't care. I always go in for the biggin. Really? I'm like, and she's always like, is she giving you the Pepe Le Pew? She gives you the shoulder. Like, try to, try to. Smack you away. Yeah, and then one time I made fun of her for it, and she got very mad and insisted she was a hugger. I'm like, you're not. You're not a hugger. It's okay. Maybe she is, but just not with you. No. I've no? seen it. I've seen her give the Heisman all over the place. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, some people just don't like that personal space being invaded. I hate it if you do hug, and then you do the like head far away from your head, because that's not a real hug. Oh, uh, when you just like touch shoulders? Yeah. Eh. Like uh, how guys eh. kind of hug each other? No, dude. Some dudes. Like, so you're, you're nothing on your head touches. I hate those kind of hugs. Yeah, I like to make sure that our ears really touch <laughs> and lock up and try to create suction. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm looking for out of yeah. a bro hug. Now, the thing with the... Here's how you can ameliorate any sort of uh, overabundance of affection on a bro hug is if you because if you get too close you do it's a little too cuddly for a second a big slap on the back just does away with all of it <laughs> it's like oh thanks for the hug bro wait pat, a minute pat, this pat. is a little too cuddly bam thanks man <laughs> in music news today's the day steve perry fans have waited 24 years for the release of his new album Titled Traces, it's his first since 1994's For the Love of Strange Medicine. He started recording it in May of 2015 following the death of his girlfriend, Dr. Kelly Nash. He said, quote, My precious Kelly gave me a life I never knew I had. I lost her December of 2012. I now deeply understand the meaning of it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all. End quote. Here is Steve Perry talking about what he wants his fans to come away with after listening to the new album. I just hope that the sincerity and honesty of the record translates to other people. Because when you listen to something, you're listening to it just yourself. You're the one who's listening to it. You can be in a room full of people, but they're not hearing the same thing you're hearing because you're different than they are. Your life experience is not the same as theirs. You're listening to the same track, but it touches people differently. That's the magic of music to where talking about it pales in comparison. So I just hope that they receive some of the sincerity that uh, I believe is in these tracks. That is uh, available today. Yeah, you know, he's such an underrated singer. Mm-hmm. He really is. Um, they've done great without him, I get it. But he was the one, you know? He he no. was the one that, that, that pulled them out of that, like, that weird area they were post-Santana. 
And I guess there was some battling in the band about the direction of the band, but man, he did have that like Sam Cooke voice. He was with him for the hits. Yeah. Ben Affleck opening up about his time in rehab. The actor wrote on social media yesterday he just completed a 40-day stint at a facility that treats alcohol addiction. He thanked his family and friends for their inspiring strength and said battling addiction is a full-time commitment. Uh, Affleck previously went to rehab in 2001 and just last year. The reality TV star known as The Situation will learn his punishment for tax evasion today. Michael Sorrentino will be sentenced at federal court in Newark after being found guilty of hiding money from the IRS. Prosecutors say the Jersey Shore star made millions from TV appearances and other gigs, but did not pay all the taxes he owed. Finally, a wildlife group has asked Guns N' Roses to consider moving their show in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia on November 14th due to its impact on a nearby zoo. The show is at the Sunway Lagoon, which is just a few hundred feet away from the Sunway Wildlife Zoo. Classic Rock reports the director of Friends of the Orangutans emailed Guns N' Roses manager and said, Though most animals, not all, are behind the stage, has the promoter of the show provided evidence from an independent wildlife expert to provide uh, prove that the show will have zero impact on all the zoo animals? Will all the animals be completely oblivious to sounds coming from the speakers? The director suggested a different venue, writing Metallica performed in Kuala Lumpur reportedly before 30,000 fans in 2013 at Stadium Merdeka, only about 16 kilometers away, which is about nine miles from the zoo. Well, I mean, I do this thing on Instagram where I, I point out when Slash will like a Nat Geo post on Twitter because he always does. Every time I'm scrolling through Twitter and I get to the Nat Geo post because I follow Nat national geographic it always tells you you know people you follow Mm -hmm. if they liked a post Mm -hmm. invariably it always says slash liked he He is a friend of the animals yeah he there's um like the la zoo i think has fundraisers every year and from i remember reading stories he he performs there quite a bit yeah he's animals are big i mean not just snakes all animals (laughs) right he digs so i wouldn't be surprised if gets out of the snake pit and loves all animals yeah he looks like he might secretively been raised by animals like (laughs) and he's he's quietly paying tribute to them the jungle story yes it's it's really slash (laughs) slash is tarzan Clouds and sun, upper 60s for the high today, but going to be in the 80s through the weekend. It's 52 at DV. All right, Penns get off to a good start with a win in OT last night. Not a lot of defense, but a fun uh, shootout to watch last night as they beat the defending champs, the Caps, in their second game of the season. It was the first for the Penguins. They'll play Montreal Saturday, and then Flurry and the Golden Knights next Thursday. The Steelers, though, will be uh, top of mind today. Steeler Friday as we get set for this Sunday's matchup against the Falcons. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network coming up at 745. We're talking about Steve Perry. Oh, yeah, that's Steve Perry journey for you this morning. I feel like there is no other journey. Well, there is. There's Arnel Pineda journey. (laughs) And who's the other guy? Oh, the one before Steve O'Jerry. Steve O'Jerry. That one didn't last very long. No. People were glad that his name rhymed. <laughs> I wonder if that's the but, only reason he got Why is it that Steve O'Jerry didn't work, but the, the Filipino YouTube star did? We'll never know. One thing we do know. Last night at the Penguins game, Tom Hanks was in attendance. Yeah! Hanks was there. So a lot of people started speculating. Uh, you know, making... Like references to characters and movies he's played in the past. The Steelers need a pep talk on Sunday, Val. They need to get fired up for the Falcons. Which Tom Hanks movie character 
Do you want him to show up as and give a pep talk to the Steelers, a pregame speech? Which Tom Hanks movie character? I think that uh, Mr. Rogers would probably be No. Play. No? No. He would give them very positive thoughts. No, he'd tell them to be nice. There's no, no nice in football. Sean Collier, Pittsburgh Magazine. What about the manager from That Thing You Do who said, it's very important you don't suck today. Yes! <laughs> there you Seems go. Seems to be Probably it. the best one. Sean sits down and hits it out of the park. I mean, I was going to go with Sully. Sure. You know, if there's one guy who can talk them through perse- persevering through uh, any sort of adversity, it's Sully. They are playing the Falcons. They're birds. That's what brought down Sully's plane. Am I wrong? You are correct. No, it was birds. They, it, they made it very clear in that movie. They was, said the word birds about 14 times. Did they? Why? That was geese, though, I believe. It wasn't falcons. Eh, same general Still, structure. If anybody knows how to get through and mow down a bunch of birds, it's Sully Sullenberger. We need Tom Hanks to show up as either the manager from That Thing You Do or Sully this weekend. Because if the Steelers lose, they'd be 1 3 and 1. And oh boy. Start looking like Captain Phillips. (laughs) Mike's got your uh, sports when we come back. Getting you set for Sunday. Steelers, Falcons, and a review of last night's Penguin win right here on the DVE Morning. DVE Sports. All right. Well, you know, I brought up the the, uh, question, which Tom Hanks character would you like him to show up as and give a uh, pregame speech to the Steelers as? And I said, Sully. Tom Hanks uh, in uh, um, That Thing You Do is what Sean Collier said because he gave the uh, very uh, poignant. It's very important that you don't suck today. Yes. But a lot of people. I'm going to go with uh, Sergeant Miller. Which one's Sergeant Miller? Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. Although he dies at the end of that. So, you know, spoiler alert. He is from Western PA in that one. He's yeah. from a small town up by Franklin. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe guy who- Sheridan, PA, I believe is the name of it. Oh, was he from Wampum? Nope. But he also, uh, because I know because I just watched it a couple months ago, uh-huh. and then he said where he's from, and I looked it up because I'd never heard School it. I'm teacher. like, oh my God, I could drive from there, from here. But uh, a lot of people are saying the manager in... League of Their Own. League yeah. of Their Own. Yeah. Jimmy Dugan. That's the one. Because he doesn't die at the end. <laughs> and the team wins. I- if things go badly this no, week. No, they lose. Oh, they do? Yeah. Remember the catcher, she throws the play at the plate so her sister can be the star? Oh, I do forget about that. Yeah, She yeah, drops the ball. That, yeah. per- well, Steele's dropped the ball. A lot of foot right in. Yeah. <laughs> if things go the wrong way, could a few people be cast away after another loss? <laughs> we got to work on this. Help us, Hanks. Help us. You don't want a guy who's dying at the end. You don't want a guy who's losing at the end. No. How, How about-, about... Oh, I know. The guy in... Uh, Big. Road to Perdition. <laughs> oh, he dies at the end, he too. Died. He gets... But he kills everybody. He does kill a lot of people like along the way. But that's what the Steelers did last year. That would be like, he would get him to the Patriots game again. <laughs> right, then... that's the road of perdition. We don't want that. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that the All next right, time. good. I, he I wasn't know the game will. last night wearing the jersey. Yeah, Hanks was, uh, boy, Steelers fans, or, or Penguin fans, guy. very excited about uh, when celebrities are in attendance. And I mean, there's nobody bigger than Tom Hanks. Not, oh, what an actor. <laughs> Barney Rubble. Barney Rubble. Yeah, two, two best ones. Took the Penguins 21 seconds to blow a two-goal lead in the third period last night against the Capitals. Normally, that's lethal. Last night, it was just part of the home opener and the 2018-2019 regular season opener. The Penguins shook that off and took the Caps in overtime 7-6. to Sports This Hour brought to you by 
Blackish on my 22. Crystal Tang's second of the night at 120 of the extra session on the power play was the game winner. 12 pens had points. Seven of them had multi-point games. Latang and Evgeny Malkin had three points apiece. Jake Gensel uh, had two goals along with Latang. It's not uh, winning hockey necessarily. It's certainly not playoff hockey. It's absolutely not championship hockey, but it was fun to watch last night for openers. Lots of goals. I mean, I would like the party started. I'd like to see a little more defense. I'd like to hear a better song. I'd like Murray to uh, goal song. to be solid in his first game. If they're going to score that many times in a game. I don't want to hear that song. That you want to hear Party Hard over and over and over again. Got to do better. Than well, that. you know, you're going to have to mount your own Twitter campaign against it because that one was a pretty su- successful. Yeah, I'll work on it. Uh, 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 Twitter campaign to to get the Andrew WK song in as the the goal tune, but. Mike, Brooks Orpik scored. Yes, he did. For the blue line. I mean. You can't stop Brooks Orpik, Randall. You can only hope to contain him. There was a he, usually, cup. he usually gets a regular season goal once every two or three regular seasons. He just got it out of the way early this year. You know, I, I, I'm not getting too excited about anything. It's only, you know. It's the first, first of two game. It's not that big of a deal. And they and persevered. For, and, you know, for a team such as the Penguins, they're going to make the playoffs. It, it's going to start to matter in February. Sid looked pretty good last night, you know. Missed I on your, a breakaway, but I liked your point on Broussard. Oh, uh, uh, look, I, he, I he gets they, hot, and the third line looks great. That's you know, they gave up a lot to get him. I thought it was the right thing to do given the circumstances. It didn't work out last year the way everybody wanted it to. There were some circumstances involved with that. He's healthy now. He's been here. He understands the system. He's comfortable. Guy's a heck of a two-way player. I think you win with guys like he that. left a lot of people scratching their head last year. Yeah. I, what did we? Why did we go get this guy? Stayed, of course, on Derek Broussard. Right. He's money. Uh, the Steelers haven't uh, been money. He's the archer of the Penguins. Broussard. The archer? Chris Archer. Yeah. Another, boy, you're on fire today. Just haven't come up with the right Tom Hanks character yet. <laughs> well, if it's fire, I would have said, uh, well, never mind, God. Joe versus the Volcano. Steelers are trying to do uh, a lot of things better this Sunday against Atlanta than they've done to this point while opening 1-2-1. One, and one. one of those would be running the ball. Oh, see, Randy Feekner said yesterday, don't blame James Conner for that. I probably just need to do a better job heating him up. You know, just like quarterbacks, too. You know, you get into a rhythm, and um, all good running backs, they, they need that rhythm, too. He's a tough, hard-nosed inside runner. He's capable outside runner. Uh, he's done a really fine job in, the, in protection and, and in route. So he's been very complete, if you will. And I will. I think he has been very complete. The protection point is uh, not to be overlooked or understated. That mm-hmm. was an issue last year. It has not been this year. So, you know, it comes back to a few more third downs, and then you get three more downs to get some more guys involved and do some more things when you're going three and out. Or when the drives are short, then stuff's not going to happen because you're not going to have an opportunity. Uh, most of those third downs, presumably, are going to start being converted on passes from Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. Those two guys still aren't making every play. They're working on it. There was one today we didn't make. There was one right over on the side. I mean, we just didn't make it. It was just off. His ball was off. A.B. Didn't, didn't make the grab. Next ball, it was close to him. It was, you know, he could have caught it. D.B. made a play. I mean, uh, but overall today, pretty good practice, and sometimes it happens like that in games. Sometimes they do a good job of potentially taking them away. Where I've been proud of Ben is not necessarily forcing balls. Uh, A.B. 
has a tendency to a lot of coverage gravitates towards him and um and i i'm I still against forcing balls and that's why you got to get the other guys involved that's why juju that's why our tight ends that's why they've all been involved in the passing game yeah, no, Antonio Brown's numbers are down across the board. The glaring statistic to me is that he has three touchdown receptions through four games, and three of Ben Roethlisberger's five interceptions have been on balls to Antonio Brown. So that's that's a terrible ratio. It yeah, it can't be even. Yeah, you know, they need Antonio Brown to be a positive difference maker. And did Did you watch the game at all last night? The Patriots and the Colts. No, I was at the hockey game. Um, boy. I think Patriots won, I assume. Yeah. When you watch those offenses go out, I mean, you know, the the Colts not as much, but boy, the Patriots just seem to be playing a different game. I mean, the boy, Steelers... They weren't, they weren't a couple weeks ago. I know, but like, their offense, is, they're just moving at such a quick clip the entire time. I get inside, it's probably a little bit easier to do that in the dome, but the Steelers seem to be searching for a rhythm that they have not been able to find offensively. And I watched that that, that fair, offensive last night. That's a fair assessment. I yeah. mean, both sides, those guys are moving at such a great speed and just confidently, Brady checks down, boom, it's there. And we're, we are constantly, there's like question marks hovering over everybody. Well, they, they haven't gotten Connor heated up. He's a new running back. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was the compliment to Antonio Brown last year. They're trying to get Vance McDonald involved. He was not healthy very consistently last year. And the Ben A.B. stuff hasn't worked yet. And that's it, it keeps coming back to that, I'm telling you. It, we can talk about a million reasons why they're 1-2-1. One, and one. The biggest one on the offensive side of the ball is Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown is not yet the lethal combination that it has been throughout the years. But Randy Feekner's inexperience at calling plays and getting a, a running game established in a game has definitely cost them with James Conner. I mean, he basically admitted that yesterday, saying, yeah, that's on me. I, I got to get him going. I got to give him more touches. He needs to warm up and get in the groove of things, yeah. too. I'm not saying the running game is the answer. Well, but they if were you, tr- you don't have any balance... No. Well, when you run this few plays as they ran, you know, when you have the ball for eight minutes in a second half, nothing's happening. Mm -hmm. That's why you have the ball for eight minutes. Chicken-egg thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, Randy Feekner has not lost faith in uh, Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. He is uh, convinced it's going to come around. I do. I do. Because there's great communication amongst them. Great work today. Awesome. Um, you know, we're just going to stay the course. Did you emphasize that today? We didn't emphasize anything like that, you know, as far as, like, them two. Uh, we just emphasized the idea that we're going to have a, a good practice, and and we did. Yeah, so he said they did not emphasize Ben Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown. I asked him that question because I thought they had, but he said they did not. No. I thought they had. Right. He said they did not. Did not. Um, as for why it hasn't happened earlier this season, well... A lot of reasons, and uh, maybe not one definitive reason. I don't know that there's any one answer. Um, you know, we hooked up early in the season to a, a go ball to him in Cleveland. You know, uh, he caught another go ball the other night. Um, some have been off. Some have been, you know, not not thrown perfectly. Some have been played well. Um, I don't know that there's any one answer for that. I just know that we want to keep working and keep going to him. Um, opportunity, uh, eventually, you know, it's, it's all going to work out between those two. Question is, will it be in time for there be a se- for there to be a season to sell? Mike, I'm not worried because Randy Finkner's legendary Memphis offenses back in the day were always slow starters too. I'll say this: 
This defense that Atlanta is going to bring to town is wretched. And, and I you keep you've been telling me this honest all week. God, that the, other night at the dinner, you're like, dude, they're terrible, and I was like, I, I mean, in the first eight quarters of the season, the first two games, they lost their two starting safeties and their best linebacker. Since then, they have given up 80 points, over 900 yards, and Atlanta has had a lead late in the fourth quarter in both games and hasn't held it in either one. First team since the 1966 New York Football Giants to score at least 36 points in consecutive games and lose them both. I think what happens this weekend is the Steelers make just enough splash plays on defense and the offense gets it in gear, particularly number 7 and number 84. Dave Damachek from the NFL Network. When we come back, Sean Collier is going to review Venom and A Star is Born. It's perfect movie split weekend, which is to say it's one of those movies where you go to the Cineplex Mm -hmm. with your significant other, you go and buy the popcorn and do whatever, then you give each other a little peck on the cheek and go your separate ways. Venom and a star is born. And one of you is much happier walking out than the other. Hey, a little bit of a, yeah, foreshadowing yeah. of Sean Collier's reviews coming up. Also, Daryl Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in our Know Your Enemy Call segment. yellow in the NFL circle. That'll be up at 845 here on DB. It's the DB Morning Show, and joining us right now from the NFL Network, uh, a Pittsburgher at heart, Dave Damashek. Good morning, sir. How are you? Hey. Dave Damashek gets a round of applause. Always. What? What? Time does the uh, is the first pitch for the Pirates game tonight? Oh, good lord! Oh, Dave! Come on, Dave! They're not no. in the postseason. I don't know what. What am I supposed to do? I'm all turned around. I don't know how to feel. It's early October, and I, I and I don't know what I'm living for right now. <laughs> the Steelers are one, two, and one. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> the Penguins. <laughs> Penguins got off to uh, the start they got off to last night, uh, and uh, here we are staring at, uh, at a Steelers team that might go one three and one to start the year because Matty Ice is coming to town with the most prolific non-winning offense besides, well, I don't know, us. Yeah, it's always one of my favorite things uh, annually. I go to the media night uh, at the Super Bowl, and I ask uh, players and coaches on both sides if uh, if the Super Bowl, if it's a must-win game. <laughs> and, uh, they're, and they're always very confused by the question and everything because generally speaking, actually, by the way, as a side note, no one, uh, almost no player or coach has ever gotten it, has ever gotten the joke. Yeah. They always answer it sincerely. <laughs> Pete Carroll... Jim Harbaugh, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, Tom Brady. They all. Well, yeah, yeah, it's a must win. It's a suit. Yeah, it's a must win. <laughs> only, only to, to his credit, only uh, then Broncos wide receiver Eric Decker got it uh, and uh, and laughed along with me. But anyway. Um, I, I can't believe I'm saying this because, you know, when people refer to things as must-win games, I usually laugh. What, is the, is the season over if they lose? Uh, then if the answer is no, then it's not a must-win. This is a must-win game. <laughs> yeah. If the Steelers lose this game and they're 1-3-1, and one, yes, we can look forward and say, oh, I, I, well, guess what, Le'Veon Bell, did you hear the big news? He's on his way back. What difference is that going to make if they get this deep into a hole? If everybody... That, you know, it's simple math. The Ravens and Bungles both happen, much to my chagrin, both happen to be pretty good this year. So it's not like merely turning things around and Mike Tomlin using a bunch of platitudes and maybe the team getting on a little bit of a roll when 26 is back, so on and so forth. If they can only get to, you know, whatever, eight, 
uh, six, uh, my math is bad, the eight, seven, and one, or whatever it's going to be. That's not going to be good enough in that division this year. They're not going to be make the. They're not going to make the playoffs. The the bottom line is that the Steelers must get on a little bit of a roll here, and it must start this week. I really believe that. You know what? Then the week after that, we go to Cincinnati, and they're going to have Joe Mixon back. And uh, I mean, by the time Le'Veon Bell walks back into the locker room, what are the rest of the teammates going to be? Well, now we're one five and one, Le'Veon. Where were you when we were uh, still in the mix, Brad? Yeah. Is Perfect going to be back when they play the Bengals? I believe he is, <laughs> which I guess oh. is something to to look forward to, right? No. Well, that would make sense if Le'Veon Bell was planning on coming back the following week after we've played Perfect. Yeah, and the coast <laughs> is clear. <laughs> I like the idea, you know, uh, the guy who I keep talking to about it because they share an agent is Maurice Jones-Drew, and I completely get it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I think we all are, uh, you know, we're, we're we're for the proletariat, you know. Sure. And, this is <laughs> yes. Uh, that's Lev Bell. He's is, the proletariat. <laughs> well, that's right. It's the proletariat. I'm not saying he's on steroids, but figuratively, on you know, it's the proletariat on steroids. Just because that the, we're talking about multi millions versus uh, the pittance that the working man generally gets, the the philosophy still stands. I get it. I'm with Earl Thomas. I like uh, him shooting the bird at the Hawks, and I and I love the irony of him doing that. And I get what Le'Veon Bell's doing and everything else for himself, and perhaps if he wants to take a, a posture that he's doing this for grander purposes beyond himself, so be it. But at some point, the what the, the rest of the team, the rest of the team, imagine him walking into the locker room. If in fact, think about the if the the worst case scenario, the Steelers lose these next two games. Then they go on there by then Levy and Bell's like, Hey everybody, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's the rest of the locker room gonna be like? What are the what's the offensive line like? Oh great, great, great to see you, twenty six. We're one five and one, man. Yeah. You know, He's what, like comes back in wearing a brand new clean suit and everyone else looks like triage in a civil war battle. <laughs> Hey, what have you guys been up to? Yeah. <laughs> missing we've limbs. been dying out there. Yeah. That's what we've been up to. <laughs> but meanwhile, yeah, Bell is not the answer to everything. It's not. I still have questions about the offensive line play right now, whether they'll be able to generate a running game. The defense has nothing to do with Lev Bell. They might have lost Vince Williams and have Matthew Thomas back there, who the only thing Mike, uh, Mike Tomlin could say to reassure us about him playing this weekend was he does some nice things. Well, that's like, you know, he brought some bagels. He uh, he cleans up every once in a while. He does some nice things. He complimented me on my shoes last week. He does some nice things. We're fine. He's thoughtful. Can he play defense? Yeah. We have no idea. We don't know. I mean, the the defense. I mean, what what uh, that was really uh, uh, grotesquerie on Sunday night to, be, uh, to have it handed to us by the bald birdies. Uh, in front of a national TV audience, what a humiliation that was! Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's grim times, fellas. I mean, I, what, what should we talk about? The new uh, network uh, fall lineup? I don't I don't know what we're supposed to talk about at this point. You How know, about Lev Bell and AB figuring it out? Connect? How are they not connecting? It's like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's it's vexing for the Steelers fan because I completely get it. Yes, I like what you know. I get what Levy and Bell is thinking about. I understand 
it's a business and all of that. But you know, we fans are—it's—it's uh, it, it, bemusing. It's—it—it it, it doesn't make any sense that we're watching these guys. It is the uh, the Thanos thing in Infinity uh, War that like the, that Levy and Bell and Antonio Brown and everybody else are kind of fading away. But it's not some nefarious force making it happen. They're they're willing it to happen on themselves. We're just we're watching this era. I, I I've said many times. Can you imagine being a, a, a Packers fan? And you, on one hand, you think, oh, it's been, we've had a lot of good times over the last 27 years because we've had Brett Favre, one of the all-time greats and exciting and everything else. And we immediately transition from Favre into Aaron Rodgers, who may be even better. And we've never had worse in 27 years. <laughs> we've never had worse than the third best quarterback in the league, you know, statistically mm-hmm. and otherwise. You know, those those two guys combined to be among the top two or three QBs forever, uh, for, for more than a quarter century. Yeah, that's all fun. Oh, except that we've only won the exact same number of Lombardi trophies as Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer have brought to Baltimore. That's, that's That messes with your head if you're a Packers fan. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the Steelers fans, we're on the precipice of the same thing. We're going to look back, really? We're really going to look back and say, wait, we had Ben Roethlisberger, one of the ten best quarterbacks of the Super Bowl era, going to the Hall of Fame, of course. We have the best wide receiver since Randy Moss in the NFL, and that's literally statistically and otherwise true. And we have Le'Veon Bell, who is the mythical best running back in the NFL for the last few years, and we aren't even going to get to the Super Bowl? It's disgusting. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do with that. I feel all of a sudden like we and the Packers fans, we can commiserate. Yeah, we've had some good times along the way, but <laughs> it all amounted to nothing. It's a, it, it really is disgusting. Now, here's the, here's the one thing that I will say. Okay, here we go. Not, Turn it around. It's not done yet. It's not done yet. Come on, Seven. You can do it. We saw glimmers of it in the second quarter. All right, the second half made us forget all of that, but you can get on a roll. Here's what people don't want to remember. People don't want – people have completely ignored – I'm with Roethlisberger. I've talked to him directly about this, about he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, that he's not held in the same regard as Brady and Rodgers and Breeze and Cam Newton and Russell Wilson, and it doesn't really make sense why, given all of his deeds. Look at his numbers. He's put up the prolific numbers. Obviously, he's going to the Hall of Fame. We all know that. He wears two rings on his fingers. And yet people still forget that in the second half of the 2017 season, this is not hyperbole, there was no quarterback better than Ben Roethlisberger. For the, remember the whole yeah. thing? It's all over. The, the, what, what do they say about the dawn and its darkest before and all that stuff? Guess remember remember the game in Jack, against Jacksonville with all the interceptions, all in its over. Maybe the old cowboy doesn't have it anymore, and maybe I should retire, and the sky is falling. And then all of a sudden, Seven was born anew. He went into the, he went into the sea, and he came back out. He, he had been baptized. Well, time for Seven to start baptizing the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday, and then after that, we'll go over to the Queen City and remind them who owns that division, and then we don't look back. I don't know. I, I don't know. No, yeah, no, that's, that's it. That's what we need, Dave Damashek. We we need that in the locker room before the game on Sunday. All right, I'm free. But just, but just, I'm I'm getting on a plane now. 
Dave, just clip off the end when you say, oh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> just because, that, you know, you were, it crescendoed to such a point, you go, or, or not, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or uh, hey, go get him, Sidney Crosby. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, if it doesn't happen this week, then then it's wall-to-wall Pittsburgh Penguins uh, hockey talk uh, for, for the uh, remainder of our conversations. Maybe we can get Tom Wilson to play defense for us. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard worse ideas. <laughs> Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. Always a pleasure, sir. Sir, thank you so much. Hey, best, best uh, uh, Bowman. I've been there with the uh, back infirmities. Oh, there's, yeah. there's hardly anything worse. You're you're a hero for sitting in that chair for four hours. <laughs> yeah, it's a real it's a real uh, it's a real challenge. Uh, hey, man, always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks, and uh, go Steelers. I mean, ring ring every ounce of juice that's, uh, that everybody within the sound of my voice has in your. Uh, in your terrible towel, because we need it. We got to get off the Schneid here and soon. Spurg. Wasn't he? He did a show more recently where there was like a thunderstorm. It was and the Blues play. Festival. He, uh, which I think was three years ago. Hardwood Acre. Acres, and it downpoured. Opened up. Yeah, and uh, I ended up in the tent with Mike Lang, uh, watching the rains just pour down and kill the show. So then we, you know, we're like, well, they're not going to restart this. Let's go. And we all left only to find out Dr. John came out like 80 minutes later and finished his set. Speaking of letting people feed him lines, how awesome would it be if he did a song of all Mike Langisms? That would be great. <laughs> Get in the fast lane, Grandma. Grab <laughs> my back with a hacksaw. What do you got, Val? I'm telling you, man. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. I, I, I'm reading Dr. John's autobiography, and it is so hilarious. First of all, because <laughs> you, you, can, to be? you can only hear it in his voice, <laughs> and he makes up a billion words. And, you know, New Orleans in the 40s and 50s was seedy as i mean the, you know the origins of rock and roll and the you know it's more like 50s early 60s and they're playing like that whole chitlin circuit and stuff and every they get shot every two pages somebody <laughs> oh my God. somebody gets shot you know dr john lost his finger the reason he plays piano is he was a guitar player and he got shot <laughs> and, and and his fret finger he couldn't he you know he couldn't play the guitar anymore mm-hmm. so he had to you know his left hand be Came his left hand on the piano, and he didn't really need his ring finger as much. Oh, you only need three three of those fingers on the left hand. That's three, four, maybe. I think if a book is written about someone who's still alive, they should have to read the audio book. I totally agree. <laughs> it, he wouldn't understand anything. Yeah, Keith Richards could not read his own audiobook. <laughs> I listened to the audiobook of that. The first part of it is... Didn't do- Johnny Depp? Johnny Depp d- does the first part. And then they hire this actor to do the second part. And the actor had this really straight his take on it was everything sounded like this that's <laughs> not really how Keith sounds but it was Winston Churchill compelling. with a cold he, and he'd laugh and chuckle through words you know so yeah. it's kind of that's the weird thing about audiobooks is it's a completely different experience because when you read it obviously you create the voice in mm-hmm. your head and when you're hearing someone read it to you it's their interpretation yeah. of it all and this guy was just like, he was a little too happy doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He was just kind of giggling his way through everything. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Uh, that notwithstanding. By the way, uh, 
the best people always ask me about those books on tape because they've become such a big thing mm-hmm. with audible and everything people's newfound love of podcasts mm-hmm. and using that as a sort of soundtrack for long drives and stuff the the best one to your point about people who write their own books who are still alive should have to do it steve martin's born standing up is the uh. be- is the best one because steve martin does the audiobook mm-hmm. and because he's writing about all of his old comedy bits he reperforms the old classic <laughs> Steve Martin stuff, mm-hmm. which you know he hasn't done in forever. But he's doing Happy Feet, and he does all those voices and things. And so if you loved Let's Get Small and all the old school Steve Martin uh, records, that's definitely one to uh, get. Born Standing Up. It is uh, the DVE Morning Show. Steelers Sunday Falcons one o'clock. We start the pregame for that at 9 a.m. here on your home of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers on the radio. 102.5 DVE. Lots to talk about. More to come this hour. Even Daryl Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in our Know Your Enemies uh, segment. Mike Pursuta will have more on how the Steelers plan to get things straight against the birds, the dirty birds coming in this weekend. And uh, up after news, Sean Collier reviewing Venom and A Star is Born, two big movies out this weekend. Val, what do you got? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. It's 53 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Citizens Bank. Four lawsuits were filed in Allegheny County yesterday by men alleging sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. The suits claim priests and a Catholic high school headmaster abused the victims and named the Roman Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh, current Bishop David Zubik, and former Bishop and current Washington, D.C. Cardinal Donald Wuerl as defendants. The suits are among a growing number filed since the release of the Pennsylvania Grand Jury Report showing continuous and active concealment of abuse incidents by Catholic officials in the state. A couple in Utah says it'll make a great story in the future when their son gets married. Ben and Jackie Belknap are were searching their home for an envelope they had with more than $1,000 in it. They had been saving to repay Ben's parents for University of Utah football tickets. Well, Jackie found the money in the family's shredder. Here's their two-year-old oh. son, Leo, shred the entire envelope with all the money inside. He had, uh, in the past, helped his dad shred documents, which, why why are you letting a two-year-old feed a a shredder? You had a story earlier about a guy that let a two-year-old drive his car. Yes, yes, this is uh, less uh, serious, but like, you know, it could have gone bad. An official with the Treasury Department said they may be able to get their money back. They have to bag it all up, send it to Washington, D.C., and maybe in a couple of years they'll get reimbursed for (laughs) a couple of years. Whatever employees are able to verify i guess i don't know if they get the serial numbers off the bill i bet they dump it onto a you know the table and scan it and it ends up at a computer file and they rearrange everything there's got to be a way they can do that in the movies they would do that on csi that's how it would be done (laughs) well they just weigh it like your tickets at the arcade like ah that's probably 48 bucks there you go 48 bucks And I don't know if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you about a sex doll brothel opening in Texas. Yes, in Houston. Yeah, well, city council members in Houston passed a law that stops that proposed sex robot brothel from opening. (laughs) The brothel is actually a retail store called Kinky S Dolls. It would allow customers to take the dolls for a sex drive in a private room at the store before buying them. (laughs) You tried to clean that up and you said, take the dolls for a sex drive, which I'm like, I don't know if that's better. Yeah, test, test, 
Test. Yeah. Test, test F. Uh, <laughs> that's not a store that you would want to go in, I wouldn't think. Because no. if you're testing them, yeah, this one's just not quite right for me. Let me put it back. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. That's like, you know, uh, they should really be more like underwear. Like, you can't, t- right, you you can't buy it, on. take it home, and then that's it's all there is to it. Buyer beware. With all the flooding they had in Houston, though, if those sex dolls were inflatables that you could actually hold on to in the case of a Use flood emergency, for, yes. that would be something Buoys. to consider. But uh, it is a weird thing when AI is taken over. I think virtual reality is going to become, you know... It's not like I'm. This hasn't already been said, but it is the next frontier in porn and you know weirdness. And as we become more and more isolated by feeling like we're we're not lonely as long as we have social media. Yeah. Well, the natural next step is to have some sex receptacle with, with a wig. <laughs> Politicians uh, kind of felt the way we do. They were not excited about that kind of business opening in the city, but uh, were more bothered by the fact that the location of the store was just a few hundred feet from a city park. Yeah, well, I mean, I, but it, it could be. Uh, what do you, what do you want it next to? Like out in the oh, middle of nowhere, uh, that's along fair. the highway, like they all should. It's be. it's down there by Bob Evans. No, just no. <laughs> Are that's... they afraid they're going to see some pervert with his doll on the carousel or something like that? <laughs> uh, maybe riding the pump swing. I mean, they're they're checking them out and putting them back on the shelf. So, oh god. I mean, does any part of you think who cares if they're just doing it with dolls? It doesn't matter. Well, if you hey, if you want to buy a sex doll, whatever is your weird thing is your weird thing. But it keep it keep it in house. The testing them and then putting them back that seems to be a health code violation. I'm just saying. I have I have no conceptual problem with sex and robots. I have a problem (laughs) with the fact that we already have so many people who don't leave the house and get some weird ideas in their head That's and true. aren't going to other people and are are ruining the culture on the internet. Now, this is one more thing. This They, they can Grubhub their food and they can... Uh, Isolate bot, even more. Butthub their, their contact. Butthub. Butthub. <laughs> did, did you guys see the thing? I believe it was uh, Thursday, or Wednesday or Thursday... It was going around social media. There's a new like uh, device you plug into your phone, and it plugs right into the um, uh, what the hell's that called? Not the FireWire, whatever the, the, the new one's called, Thunderbolt yeah. or whatever it is. It's a finger, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> like an actual like robot finger. I'm and tired it, of picking my own nose. And it can it moves and it crawls and like it'll an like inchworm. it'll yeah it inchworms and it can. Like it's like oh it'll bring your phone over to you and it like was dragging. Yeah, that's weird. What well, what do you think people are going to use that finger for? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the one hand, that's it's terrifying. not to bring their phone closer. Have the lights all wiped. <laughs> Good candy. lord! On the one hand, that's terrifying. On the other hand, I look forward to the video of people introducing these to their cats. That's going to be great. <laughs> Speaking of pets, what do you do to make your dog comfortable when you are not at home? A new survey found dog owners are creating special playlists. Oh, my God. <laughs> leaving the television on, which we certainly have done. I've and done that. Yeah. even putting photos of themselves where their pet can see them to keep their dogs happy when they are home alone. I used to, uh, like, I, I would throw a shirt if I thought it was like going to be a while or yeah. something like that. So I had like scent. Yeah, which is kind of weird. I mean, I would put it on him. Is that weird? <laughs> <laughs> it was a dress shirt and a tie. Anyways, he looked fancy. <laughs> I think I think people think dogs want entertainment 
much more than they actually do. No, they just want you there. Yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. And and if you're not there, they're kind of fine. They're just not as happy as they might be. Right. Our two dogs have total different personalities. Like Riley is very aloof and kind of cat-like a little bit. Yeah. And Gino is like, just pet me. Pet me all day long. Yeah. That's what makes dogs great. They have distinct yeah. personalities. Yeah, yeah. Dog videos on the internet get me. That's my, I mean, <laughs> what I'm worried about, we were talking about with like interfacing with actual people and substituting that with internet, uh, you know, or social media. I'm worried about with dogs. I haven't gone back to being a dog owner in over two years now. And I've had been dogs for while. 20 years, but I feel like I'm getting my little bit of fix from dog videos on the internet. And that's probably bad. I need to get, I need to jump back into dog ownership. I think I, I, I sent some people, steered some people wrong last week because I talked about that dog documentary about the service dogs, yeah. Pick the Litter. Uh, uh, was it Pick the Litter? Yeah. And uh, six hours later, uh, our friend Tim Benz texted me to say, uh, thanks, I've been crying for six hours. I don't know how I'm going to get it together for the football game wow. on Sunday. Yeah. D- just Sad movie. It's. I mean, it's encourage. I thought it was encouraging and affirming. Look, these dogs want to be good, but I think you know some people see like that earnest, eager to please dog personality, and it just makes them sad for you know humans, all of us. Yeah, I think I speak for everyone when I say I wish more people were dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay Buckingham is out with a new anthology, aptly titled "Solo Anthology: The Best of Lindsay Buckingham." Being released today, the three CD six LP collection features solo material plus two new songs, Hunger and Ride the Road. Meanwhile, the former Fleetwood Mac member's solo tour gets underway this Sunday in Portland, Oregon, and runs through December 9th in Bethlehem, PA. Tickets for all shows are on sale now. He will play the Carnegie of Homestead Music Hall on October 18th. CCR set to release its 50th anniversary, uh, or celebrate rather, its 50th anniversary with a career spanning box set. Aren't they all dead except for John? Uh, I don't know if they're all dead. Okay. Uh, the studio Clearwater reanimated. Collection <laughs> includes the band's seven studio efforts. The 180 gram LPs are all remastered and come with an 80 page book. The studio albums collection will be available November 30th. And the police are set to release a six LP vinyl box set featuring the band's entire recorded studio albums. And a 12-track 6th LP, the collection's 6th LP titled Flexible Strategies, contains exclusive bonus material and B-sides. Every move you make, the studio recordings will be available November 16th. Bradley Cooper is being recognized by PETA for casting his own dog in A Star is Born. The animal rights organization gave the actor its Compassion in Film Award for using his own pet instead of one from a Hollywood animal exhibitor. Uh, Cooper's dog, Charlie, plays the dog he and Lady Gaga's characters get after they start dating. Forecast today, clouds and sun, upper 60s for the high. It's uh, 52 at DD. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine, reviewing Venom and A Star is Born. I want to lead you in with a weird Paul song. Please. Thank you for choosing Taco Bell. Thank you for using PayPal. Okay, that's it. Uh, yeah. And we're back. Yes. <laughs> We uh, love that one. Yeah, Weird Paul's uh, pay for your tacos quickly and securely. Weird Paul on Spotify. Make sure you're, uh, all Pittsburgh Pittsburghers need to know the Weird Paul catalog. All Absolutely. Right. Uh, yeah, Sean and I were talking about that extensively off the air. Venom and A Star is Born. A Star is Born. Some movies, some stories are just going to be remade time and time again. And I, I'm fine with that. I know some people go, ah, you're, you're ruining the original. The original is fine. It's there. It, the only person who's ever ruined an original 
is George Lucas because he went back and messed with the originals. Yes. Now we don't let him touch things anymore. <laughs> Other than that, when people say, "Oh, you, oh, the Tim Burton Charlie and the Chocolate Factory ruined the," no. The, the old one is still the one we watch. I never did watch the updated one. There's no... I mean, if you don't want to, that's... That, don't. Right. And the old one is still there. If it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. The old one is still the one they'll play at Row House. Even movies I love. You want to remake Psycho with Channing Tatum? Okay, he could be menacing. Maybe. Here, make re, use the Ghostbusters remake cast, which I enjoyed, and remake Jaws with them. I don't I, care. I like Leslie that, Jones on a boat screaming at a shark? Fine. <laughs> I like that Gus Van Zandt said he redid Psycho just because. Was Vince like, Vaughn in that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he like it was like almost an offhanded remark, like a, a, an idea like... Uh, someone's like, well, you got any other ideas? And he was like, well, we could remake Psycho soft, shot for shot. And they're like, great idea. Let's do that. At one point, he was like, so no one else will ever have to. I'm like, that's not how it works. Right. <laughs> As evidenced by this, the fourth star is born, uh, which I'm all for because sometimes you need just misery porn in your life. You need to go watch someone who be is sad. doing so much worse than you <laughs> could possibly be. Bradley Cooper's character, Jackson Maine which I believe was a track on the river, uh, <laughs> is he's got a pill problem, he's got an alcohol problem, uh-huh. he's going deaf, he is upset about the death of his father, and at one point he punches his brother in the face. That's behind the music bingo. We've hit it. <laughs> you didn't even need the free square. This, yeah, Everything that could go wrong for a rock star. You've seen this story uh, in these movies, but it's generally very familiar. One character's on the way up, the other character's on the way down. Bradley Cooper is very good. Um, he's kind of always very good. I never watch him and think, oh, this guy is the best actor around, but he's never bad either. Lady Gaga is fantastic. Uh, you just I, I told buzz. Val earlier, I think she's the next share. But, she's double threat. But with, with I, I think, a higher ceiling then I mean I know, For I know acting, Cher, you mean yeah I know Cher had an Oscar but uh, I I think Lady Gaga shows in this movie uh, uh, a really unexpected range we did know that she's a performer you've seen her live too she's incredible it's a Broadway show I mean it's yeah. it's, it's it's she's a performer big time yeah she, she's pretty incredible and that the first the scene in this where he watches her sing he goes into a bar and you know uh, uh, accidentally catches her performance that's worth your ten dollars everything after that in a star is born is is gravy uh i would say it's a little bit too long it hits 215 i think there's a lot of it okay. uh, and bradley cooper is the director as well a lot of potential he is going to make a really well-directed movie this is still a little bit raw uh but overall it's it's great it's a good old-fashioned movie movie and it's nice we'd say this sometimes it's nice that it is a big hollywood r-rated movie for adults it is not watered down into a pg-13 family it is a grown-up movie and we don't get that many of those so is it is he is his star fading or he is just hitting the bricks uh like i can't remember both his star he is having his personal problems also he is on the decline okay of stardom and is revitalized by bringing in this young singer who quickly eclipses his his star power? Actually, the only thing I didn't like is that she she kind of quickly goes to more in more of a pop direction, and the movie kind of like shames her for that. Who writes the music for this? 
Uh, who wrote the music for this? Gaga did a lot of it and then had a lot of collaborators, including Mark Ronson collaborated, Diane Warren oh, cool. did one song. Uh-oh. The country songs, the um, the uh, the ones that Bradley Cooper's character sings, uh, Jason Isbell was involved, and uh, uh, Lucas Nelson, Willie's kid, oh, was cool. involved. Yeah. All right. Dave really Chappelle's g- in this, isn't he? Dave Chappelle's in it for a minute. That The, the one that's in the uh, trailer, the commercial, uh, Shallow, th- that is your that is not only your best original song winner, guaranteed, that is in every Oscar montage for, Who wrote for the rest that of one? time. Gaga and Mark Ronson okay. and a couple other, you know, lyricists type okay. people. So she can win a couple Oscars for this. I think that's the one they'll win. The one I want to see win is Sam Elliott, Best Supporting Actor. Sam Elliott plays Bradley Cooper's much older brother. I and love he's, Sam Elliott. He's, this is the best thing I've ever seen him do. And I how said much Sam, Sam Shepard earlier. And yeah. we, we meant Sam Elliott. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would see it. It's not perfect, but it's such a movie. You know what I mean? It's just such a Hollywood movie. Go right. see it. Venom. Well, me, uh, I want to. I want to wait on Venom because right. uh, we have to go to a commercial break and sure, come sure. back. Uh, but we'll do Venom next hour, which is the Tom Hardy new movie, which he kind of slammed before it came out. Oh, what he say? He said the best parts were on the cutting room floor. That would or explain his favorite parts. That yes. would explain a lot. Yes. <laughs> there's another teaser. There's you, another teaser of how in an hour I'm going to say, yeah, it sucked. Well, there's, you know, that doesn't instill a I lot of confidence be huge in just because it's a superhero. Without right. a doubt, without a doubt, no, it'll still be, it'll make some money. All right, your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week Minios in Squirrel Hill, uh, three dollar Bud Light bottles every Steelers Sunday, and that's this Sunday. Minios Pizza House in Squirrel Hill. It's your Bud Light Game Day Bar of the Week. Daryl Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in our Know Your Enemy segment coming up at 8.45. And Mike Pursuit and next, Penguins get off to an overtime win start against the Caps in a shootout last night at PPG Paints Arena. And we look ahead to Sunday's matchup. The Steelers, uh, the, the, the fate of their season in the balance here, desperately needing a win against the Falcons. South.com. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta. With your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Steeler Fridays. The Steelers get set to host the Falcons Sunday here on DVE. And the Penguins uh, basking in the glow, shall we say, of a season-opening mm. victory. Hmm. Sports is our brought to you by Hubbus Auto and Truck Supply. The Pens are on pace to score 574 goals this season. That'd be good. That's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. They're on pace to allow 400, that would be a record. 492 goals against. Also a new also league a record. record. Yeah. Uh, seven six over the Caps in OT last night. Tom Hanks was in attendance wearing a Penguin sweater, Hanks jersey, excuse me. And uh, we had discussed today what Tom Hanks' character might be beneficial to the Steelers, since the real Tom Hanks was apparently beneficial to the Penguins mm-hmm. last night. I've come up with three that would apply to this current Steelers situation: one, two, and one heading into this game against Atlanta, which is not make or break. The season's not hanging in the balance. I want to keep Must correcting no. you. On it. It'll make you feel better if they win. I am if they lose, they'll be one three and one, and they'll have eleven games to play. Maybe they'll have him uh, wave the terrible towel on Sunday. I am. I am. Oh, thanks. That would be good luck. Yeah, I, I'm only saying it's a must-win in terms of fan involvement. Morale. Steeler fans are going to be like they're hanging on right now. By a thread, they're going to cut the cord here on the uh, Steelers if they lose on Sunday. Yeah, maybe some people on social media will. My brother's still going to be driving up from Virginia every weekend. The, the diehards, yeah. 
Oh, we'll all still watch the games. Well, I mean, I will. I know. But that's the one thing that always bothered me about. We always celebrate what how great Steeler Nation is, but I'm at all the games. Well, I, 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 I watch the fans retreat as this stuff happens in real time. It drives me crazy. No, the, the biggest pet peeve I have is even when we're good, nobody's in their seat to start the second half. Well, you got to get a drink. I understand that, but Come like... On. <laughs> You don't have to. It's not. Believe me, if I could get a drink, I wouldn't be in my seat at the start of the second half. <laughs> you catch up. I know, but if they're down by a couple, forget it. People are just sitting in the bar watching it on the TVs. Anyway, back to the Tom Hanks characters that can save. Okay, so season. I figured you'd be inspired by that. Yeah, uh, I have some. I'm coloring outside the lines okay. as, I, as I'm want to do. If you, you are will, want, if you will, uh, Sherman McCoy, Bonfire of the Vanities. He effed oh. everything up in the beginning, but he figured it out at the end and saved his ass also, right when he had to. Uh, that's a wolf, too. Uh, wolf. Jo- Joe Fox, you've got mail. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. He figured out a difficult situation, and in the end, he got the bang-bang ride. Well, uh, yeah, I know, but that's... <laughs> that's How, a win in my... That's a win. You got a linebacker. I mean, that would be a better one. And uh, last one, James B. Donovan, Bridge of Spies. An honorable lawyer who went behind enemy lines and solved the problem right when he had to, right at the wire. I feel like you're just trying to turn us on to Tom Hanks movies because I don't know. Came out a hero at the end. I don't know. Looked like it was an unwinnable situation. I liked your uh, general or sergeant whatever the hell from Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, but he got killed. You can't die at the end. That... That disqualifies you. We don't want you can't if you have a good backup sergeant. <laughs> we don't want the Steelers <laughs> to a die. Good at backup the end. sergeant on the bench. We're fine. I don't know. The Steelers need to do something. Hanks. Uh, maybe, maybe it might take more than Tom Hanks. Might, we might need more than Hanksian intervention. It has been uh, an interesting week leading up with figures to be a very interesting game, and uh, in keeping with uh, a tradition here on the DVE Morning Show that dates all the way back to September. <laughs> We're going to catch you up in case you haven't been paying attention yes. this week, in case you've been distracted. We're going to give you uh, the week leading up to Steelers-Falcons in two-minute fashion. Oh, I like this. Uh, man, we can't spot people points in the National Football League. I like to fight in our guys, and we've gotten back in some of those games, but uh, we got to do a better job of starting games than we have on both sides of the ball. You spot a team a few points, it's hard to come back and fight uphill the whole way. So I think we just got to start fast, keep communicating, and just play our ball. Try to start faster. Other than one thing, just start faster. <laughs> <laughs> you got to just be aggressive. Be aggressive, but you got to be really smart and not try to do too much. It's about four quarters of football. You know, you can't. You know, hey, well, we only gave up one big play, or hey, we only gave up, you know, two touchdowns. At the end of the day, we got to play, you know, full 60 minutes. Le'Veon's a player. He's part of this team, whether you like it or not, and both sides got to be a part of that when he does come back. I'm not saying one side is at fault and the other isn't. Both sides, you know, need to just grow up and play football. We all can't be mad about spilled milk. I probably just need to do a better job heating him up. You know, just like quarterbacks, too. You know, when you get into a rhythm, all good running backs. They, they need that rhythm, too. There's no panic here. There's no, hey, we got to do this. We got to prove something. No, we just got to win games. Ben can throw for 450 yards. We run for 20. I could care less. You know, the run game will come. They got some receivers. Matt doesn't have any daggum problem uh, with his receivers or anything like that. So it's going to be a challenge for us big time. I'm hoping it was on, uh, what you call it? What's the number 11 name? Julio. Yeah, I'm hoping it's on Julio. Yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah. It's all about taking what the defense gives you. It always has. But you do have to force feed him a lot of times to get him involved in the game, get him involved in the flow of the game because 
it's a different game when you camp. Uh, yeah, I felt really good at camp, and I and I don't feel like it's really been that bad so far. I, obviously, our record isn't what it is, but no, I, I hold couple, myself to a higher standard. It's, it's a couple misses here and a couple misses there, and that's where I need to be better. I need to make sure that you know I'm putting the ball where guys can make plays. Everyone's got to look at themselves, detail, you know, coaches, players, everyone just fine-tune it. It's the only way to do it. There's no, no secret recipe or something like that. It's just guys being better across the board. I, I hope that Sean Davis quote doesn't come back to haunt him. Who's number 11? That was Mike Tomlin, T.J. Watt, John Bostic, Cam Hayward, Randy Feigner, Ramon Foster, Keith Butler, who gave us a dad gum, Sean Davis, <laughs> Mason Rudolph, who was actually uh, doing some extra work with Antonio Brown yesterday. Brown wanted to put some extra time in. Uh, Rudolph told me they've been doing that on Thursdays. Uh, it's kind of their habit. Ben Roethlisberger and David DeCastro. Uh couple things about that everybody's been starting been talking all week about got to start better got to start faster can't fall in these holes well i i disagree they they fell behind kansas city 21 nothing and tied it 21 21 by halftime they fell behind baltimore 14 to nothing and tied it 14 to 14 by halftime they were ahead of cleveland 21 in the fourth quarter 21 to 7 in the fourth quarter and didn't win that game seems to me the idea should be to finish better not start stronger how about a little bit of both, Mike? Well, that would work, too. Uh, and Ramon Foster, he said he doesn't care if uh, they throw for 450 and run for 20. Ramon, I just want to point out, if you run for 20 against Atlanta, that would be one more yard than you ran for against Ugh. Baltimore. Both teams in a, ooh, boy, we better turn it around yes. kind of a situation here. We're going to talk with uh, Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution when we come back here in our Know Your Enemy segment. As we get set for Steelers-Falcons on your radio home of the Steelers, DVE. It's the DVE Morning Show, Randy Bauman, and we are joined now for our Know Your Enemy segment here on the flagship station of the Steelers, DVE, joined by Daryl Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Good morning, Daryl. How are you, man? Hey, good morning, Randy. Thanks for having me on the show. We are thrilled to have you. Uh, but here's the thing. I, I noticed that the Falcons and the Steelers seem to be in the exact same situation, which is, you know, uh, we thought we were going to be have a better record in Week 5 than we do right now. Thought they were going to play a little defense at some point. Thought there'd be a little defense, but both of them, in uh, while it's not a must-win, there is a level of desperation that uh, each team has. Yeah, no question about it. Certainly uh, the Falcons, uh, uh, you know, uh, into the pay- playoffs the last two seasons, had their eyes on, you know, looking down the road, maybe uh, getting to the Super Bowl here and playing at home. But uh, right now they're just trying to, to get back in the win column after yeah. a really bumpy one-and-three start. Yeah, the, you know, and somebody from Sports Illustrated picked the Steelers and the Falcons for the Super Bowl. This year and uh, these uh, looking good so far. Yeah, the, the respective starts do not portend well for that guy's prognostication. However, you guys get Devonta Freeman uh, back this weekend. With Devonta Freeman back, that's got to open up the playbook a little bit for uh, Matt Ryan. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, they certainly get to uh, uh, get their tandem back together and uh, you know try to expose linebackers in the passing game. That's what they do best with the two running backs. Uh, they got to run the ball just because it sets up uh, all of their play action and stuff out, off of their outside zone system. So uh, they got, you know, a guy that can, you know, if they can get him in space, he can do some damage. And he's certainly uh, a great, uh, very good pass catcher. You know, at least 43 catches in the last three years. He had 73 one year. So, um, you know, I think they'll 
let Coleman keep most of the load, but uh, certainly try to get Freeman out in space in the passing game as he works his way back from a knee injury. Now, everybody in the NFL says next man up when guys get hurt, but the Falcons' defense, three critical players gone, and it's just been an avalanche of yards the last two weeks. Is there a fix, or are they just going to have to outscore people the rest of the way? Uh, they, there's not a fix. Uh, they lost They lost too much. They lost two pro bowlers. Uh, they're emerging, a possible emerging pro bowler at defensive tackle and Grady Jarrett. And they lost their quarterback that kind of lined everybody up and got everybody on the same page in free safety Ricardo Allen. So, you know, last week it was no surprise that they blew three coverages in the red zone and gave up three touchdowns because guys were playing two different defenses, according to Coach Dan Quinn. And, uh, you know, this this week they've just been learning to try to talk to each other to get everybody on the same page. Uh, They actually turned down their music at practice so they could hear each other. Well, it might have been a problem from the beginning, but wait, wait, hold on a second. They were practicing with music. Oh yeah, you know he does the whole Pete Carroll. They got simulate DJ. the crowd and stuff, or they're no, just, some teams they're just getting, started doing getting that fired up during practice to make it fun. Yeah, hype music for you know hype music doing stretching. You know they put it up the heavy metal when they're doing their bag drills. You know it's part of the practice. You know that was their fabric of uh, what they did out in Seattle, and he brought it with him here. Uh, to to Atlanta, but this week they had to turn it down so they could hear each other call the signals out. <laughs> you can't have it that loud, you know. Uh, Antonio Brown had uh, a little bit of a hissy fit here when he wasn't getting the ball in the first couple of weeks, and uh, you know he was drawing coverage, which was opening up other guys. Julio Jones, kind of a similar situation uh, in Atlanta. How did he handle not getting all the stats? Uh, is he at at a boiling over point at all, or does he understand that uh, this is part of? Uh, what he's called on to do. Yeah, Julio's uh, more uh, professional in that regard. He doesn't he doesn't uh, lash out at uh, anything uh, at the quarterback. He understands his role that, hey, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, I'm drawing coverage. And, you know, Calvin's going to get off or Muhammad's going to do his thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, he we haven't heard a peep from him in six years about wanting the ball. Uh, now he is leading the league in yardage with no touchdowns, but uh, – uh, you know, if he, if anybody had a right to, you know, say, hey, can I get the ball in the red zone? Can I get a fade route or something? You know, it would be him. He only had three touchdowns last year. So I, I, they're fine with letting him pull coverage away from the other receivers, and he appears to be fine with it also. Did they see Calvin Ridley coming on this quickly? No, they didn't. That was, they were hopeful. I mean, that was the reason why he was there at 26. He dropped a lot of balls at Alabama. But they liked his route running. And they had inside information from the offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, who had coached him a year at Alabama. So, you know, this is about as uh, uh, 100% the way they would have liked it to work out is working out here early in the season with the six touchdown catches. Now it's a matter of uh, he's able to do what they thought he could do. Now can he maintain that level of play over an extended period of time is the only question for Calvin Ridley. So I guess next year they draft that number four kid from Alabama this year? I can't can't think of his name, but he's lighting it up. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't watched much Alabama. They haven't played anybody yet. Uh, But uh, uh, I'm sure they've got some more receivers down there. They seem to, to keep a lot of talent with Coach Saban down there.
Looks like it's going to be a shootout Sunday here in Pittsburgh. Daryl Ladbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with our Know Your Enemy segment here on the flagship radio home of the Steelers, DVE. Daryl, thanks so much for your time this morning. We appreciate it. Hey, Randy and Mike, thanks for having me. I really uh, enjoy coming on your show. Okay, man. See you Sunday. We'll see you. All righty. All right. So they the, turn the music down. I mean, wow, you know they're serious, serious now. <laughs> Daryl Ledbetter wrote, wrote a story in the uh, in the Atlanta Journal Constitution with the headline DJ ordered to lower music in practice. <laughs> it's like they actually have a DJ. Yeah, it is a that was, he explained that uh, very well. That it's a Pete Carroll thing. You know, Pete Carroll's the cool California guy type coach that does everything. No, nine eleven truther. Sure, yeah. Like throw the ball from the one yard line when you got Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Val's got your news coming up after the top of the hour. What do you got? We're going to talk about the one hundred best acting performances by musicians in movies. Oh, I like this. Ties Lady in. Gaga is getting big Oscar buzz. Sean Collier will review Venom next hour as well. Pittsburgh Magazine movie reviewer Sean Collier next hour. Atlas in the Coffee House. Your chance at a. Th- $1,000 in workforce cash uh, coming up uh, also. And don't forget, Steelers-Falcons, 1 o'clock kickoff means 9 a.m. We get things going with the pregame here. Benzie, Rob King, and Dale Lawley, they pass it on to Mike Pursuta along with uh, Bob Labriola and Jerry Dulac, who in turn turn it over to the triumvirate of Steeler Broadcasting. Bill Hillgrove, Tunchelkin, Craig Wolfley. Wolf. I did that for Crawford. 1 o'clock kickoff, Steelers-Falcons here on... God, that was probably the best part of uh, being off for a few days. Sleeping. Just, yeah. Not having to wake up and say stuff. (laughs) What time do you normally get up, like, for a workout? Your alarm goes off. Uh, 4.45. You're thinking that sounds late. Yeah. What time do you wake up? Uh, My first alarm goes off at 3.20. That's just crazy, though. I get up about 3.40. I'm impressed with your schedule. And the way that you uh, diligently <laughs> function. Yeah, I don't know how you do it the way you do it. Uh, you know, it's a lot of drinking and crying. Yeah. <laughs> that, dude, there's the name of your memoir. Drinking and crying. Val Porter, drinking and crying. Available at bookstores this Christmas. Imagine that would fly off the shelves. Oh, my God. We can get a local country band to come up with a song. It would be great. Perfect coffee but, table book. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning drinking. Show. Drinking. Crying, <laughs> reading the news. Val Porter, oh, right that now. That was a joke. <laughs> I know. It's funny because it's true. We got. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. It's 55 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is reporting no violations were found by a federal inspector at last month's Shrine Circus here in Pittsburgh. After that incident with the camel, six kids and one adult were hurt last month when the camel bucked on the arena floor at PPG Paints Arena. The USDA said no federal animal treatment laws were found to have been violated and the case is considered closed, according to a Post-Gazette report. The Pittsburgh Department of Public Safety was also looking into the matter, but mostly deferred to the USA, uh, USDA yesterday when reached for comments. Kind of a bad look for them at this juncture. Not great. I, I, I mean, this was when they were fighting for their existence because the city regulation wanted no more animal entertainment, and they said, this is safe, this is fine, everything's fine. Ignore that camel chucking children across the yeah. floor. And then it ran for 200 yards against the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
The lead police investigator in the Harvey Weinstein case is now under investigation. According to TMZ, the detective allegedly failed to disclose a statement from a witness in the case of Lucia Evans to prosecutors. Evans claims that Weinstein forced her to perform a sex act and told the story to a casting director who then gave a statement to the detective. TMZ said a law enforcement source could not specify if this was a case of witness tampering to influence the case. And Steven Seagal does not want to talk about sexual assault allegations. Vladimir Putin. He walked out of a live interview on the BBC last night. Reporter Kirsty Wark started to ask Seagal, who was not in studio, about allegations of rape and sexual harassment. Seagal stood up, took off his earpiece, and walked off screen. A crew member could be heard helping Seagal take off his mic as cameras cut back to the studio. A number of women, including Jenny McCarthy and Portia de Rossi, have accused Seagal of sexual harassment and assault. And actress Regina Simons accuses Seagal of raping her in 1993 when she was an 18-year-old extra on his film On Deadly Ground. Hard to kill. Hard to interview. <laughs> Harder. To Harder interview. to interview. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks are telling players they are not allowed to play Fortnite on road trips this season. Wow, geez. First, the Falcons have their DJ turn the music down. Now the How Canucks are not allowed to play Fortnite. Professional athletes be able to handle this. Millions of people play Fortnite every day, but the team says it is banning the game and all other video games. They say they want uh, players to be social on road trips. They want to create a close-knit group, so stay off the video games. They, I guess they haven't banned social media, but yeah, they probably should. Go out drinking and fighting, as is NFL tradition. Yes, find a crappy bar and tear it up. Suge Knight is going to spend nearly three decades in prison on manslaughter charges. The former rap mogul was sentenced yesterday to 28 years for the 2015 hit-and-run death of a man on the movie set of Straight Outta Compton. Knight pleaded no contest days before his trial was set to begin. He faced one count of murder and one count of attempted murder after he ran over two men with his truck during a confrontation. Actor Chris Evans is saying goodbye to his role as Captain America. He tweeted yesterday it was his last day shooting for the upcoming Avengers movie, and he said it was an emotional day to say the least. He added that playing Captain America for the last eight years has been an honor. And he thanked everyone for the memories and said he is eternally grateful. Is that a spoiler, though? Well, a lot of people are saying it was a spoiler because they assume that means the character's knocked off. But that might just mean he's, <sighs> he's not going to reprise it. Yeah, I guess theoretically, I, I mean, that seems to be what they are setting up for that character, certainly. But with as tight-lipped as Marvel is, I'm surprised they let him say, essentially... This is the last one. Draw whatever conclusions you want, but I'm not doing this again. Could have been a massive mistake on his part. Yeah. But I doubt it. Uh, And wow, what uncharted territory. I'm sure there's some sort of, they have some sort of, uh, you know, silence. Gag Gag order. That's what I was looking for. Gag order already sounds so violent, though. <laughs> like gag now. Uh, sounds like a porno movie. Well, Dave title. Batista is is you know just telling everyone who will listen that he's furious that he still has to be an Avenger. So after they fired James Gunn, but how about he, these people who bitch about making millions of dollars yeah. for having to pretend? <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of being James Bond. <laughs> well, dude, it's not a bad kick. Recent comments by Nancy Wilson are giving Hart fans a reason to be optimistic about a possible band reunion. In a recent interview, Nancy said, it's looking really good for a Hart reunion tour, adding she and her sister Anne are speaking again. 
The band has been on hiatus since Anne's husband was handed a suspended sentence for allegedly assaulting Nancy's twin sons in 2016. Yeah. Since then, Nancy has been focused on her road, co- road Case Royale band. Anne launched a solo career and released a covers album titled Immortal. I love Anne Wilson, but she might be one of the worst interviews I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've been responsible for plenty of bad interviews. I but this one was uh, did she just didn't she, we uh, didn't you interview her a couple of years ago and she was kind of the same way yeah Sean did as well and Sean so after I had a tough time this past what was the like last, a few weeks last ago. month yeah Sean hit me up did you interview Ann Wilson <laughs> she's the worst she's just disinterested it sounds like she's watching television while you're talking to her. She's kind of half into it. Or carving a ham. <laughs> she might be carving a ham, too. I hadn't <laughs> considered that. It was early, so I thought maybe no. But <laughs> uh, Finally, Lady Gaga already getting Oscar mentions for her part in the movie A Star is Born, which is out today. Billboard.com has listed their 100 best acting performances by musicians in movies. We will not do the full 100. We'll just do the top 10. We don't have time. Justin Timberlake in The Social Network. It's like he's in it for like three minutes. Never yeah, saw I it. I liked him better in uh, Inside Lewin Davis, uh, the Coen Brothers movie. I thought he was good in Alpha Dog. He can act. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he was good in that. Yeah, Dolly Parton in Nine to Five. Oh yeah, that was on cable last week. I caught about ten minutes of it. Dabney Coleman is a national <laughs> treasure. Uh, Jennifer Hudson in Dreamgirls at number eight. Did she get an Oscar? She got for an that? Oscar, and I'm still mad about it. Why? I mean. Who do you think should have gotten it? I forget who else was nominated that year, but it was that, that there's that song from Dreamgirls that, uh, and I am telling you, I ain't, I ain't leaving. Yeah. And it, uh, you could sing that song and they'd give you an Oscar for it. It's the song. It's not, the, there was nothing special about she that was, performance. Um, wasn't she in Sex and the City, the movie, one of them? She was Carrie's Sex assistant. and the City too. She was terrible. Electric yeah, Boogaloo. She, she can't act. Yeah. Wrath Pri- of Khan. Prince in Purple Rain. Makes sense. He was very good. Madonna in A League of Their Own. Very good. She she's a, she was a natural, I thought. She did some bad movies, though. But I thought that had she taken the right role, she would have been better. She did that part for basically nothing, right? Because she thought it was so perfect for her. Yes. Judy Garland in Wizard of Oz is number five. Yeah, Are we counting I mean, her? She's kind of a screen Not actress. A musician, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lady Gaga. Gaga. Star is Born at number four on Billboard's list. Already. Already. It hasn't even been... Well, it is released, I guess, now. I I don't think she'll win. I I think she can and should be nominated, and I want to see her act much more. Ice Cube in Boys in the Hood is number three. Hard to argue at Ice Cube. Barbara Mm -hmm. Streisand in The Way We Were is number two. That reminds me of that song from the movie The Way We Were. (laughs) What was it called? (laughs) The Way We Were. (laughs) She was pretty good in... um... What was the one with Nick Nolte in South Carolina? Oh, Prince of Tides? Yes. Oh, you know what? That was a good movie. Lowenstein. Eminem got, uh, was 16th for 8 Mile. Bette Midler, yeah. The Rose, is 23rd. What about Cher for Mask or, you know, her... No, she's number one okay. for Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Uh, Mask. Which, is that what she won the Oscar for? Yes. That's a pretty good call. She was better in... Snap out of it! She was better in Mask. You think? Mark- I disagree. Mask is a is a perfect movie. <laughs> wow, how so? It has everything. It has all of the emotions. You run the spectrum. 
of emotion few, watching the movie Mask. A few emotions in Moonstruck. Uh, Moonstruck I is lost a, my head! Yeah, Nicolas Mark, Cage makes some interesting choices in that movie. Mark Wahlberg was ranked number 12 for Boogie Nights. How about uh, Frank Sinatra in Von Ryan's Express? Well, he is on I take here. umbrage with uh, categorizing or characterizing him as oh, a musician. He's better than that. Yeah, that should be way up there. Frank Sinatra? From here to That's eternity. 15. Yeah, that, that was pretty good. He uh, hit me, Prue. I'm looking at it. Uh, they have David Bowie for the man who fell to earth, but I would argue if you don't have David Bowie, you don't have Labyrinth. You, yeah. got, you got no movie without him. What about Whitney? Where was she? I only have the list of... She was pretty good. No? In what? The Bodyguard. She's not in the top 25. Uh, 27. I got it up now. They also include Janelle Monae in Moonlight. She was very good. Diana Ross won an Oscar. She got an Oscar nomination for Lady Sings the Blues. Will Smith. How about Will Smith? They, for what movie? They have Ali. He's an actor, at, isn't he? At 17. I mean, he, no, was, he was a rapper first. first. Prince. He was a, he was a, a full-time rapper, and now he's a full-time that, that actor. That worked out so well that he became an actor. Yeah. Well, because well, Quincy Jones, you know, basically developed Fresh Prince for him. Got Olivia Newton-John on here. Is she a singer first? Yeah. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hopelessly devoted. Yeah, she was big. She was a big Aussie. What was the, her other song? Uh, I don't know. It's all I know. Xanadu. Hang around you. Do we have that in here? I don't know. Just play Xanadu. No, I think we've. <laughs> That's from a movie. I'll too, tell you I what. Think. I saw Olivia Newton-John two years ago, or last year, down in Orlando at the Children's Miracle Network award ceremony when DVE won that award. They, I went down with the Children's Hospital, and she was one of the featured speakers because it's like a big Mormon thing. Mm-hmm. So is she Mormon? No, but she's friends with Marie Osmond. Marie Osmond. Yeah. And Marie Osmond hosted. Marie Osmond looks great too. She's bat bleep well, crazy. Weight, I, hear. I think she's I think she's absolutely out of her mind. Ton of plastic surgery. Totally crazy. Her and John Schneider, uh the Duke Duke's brother. Hazard. Yeah. But Olivia Newton John was there and uh I walked out in the hallway. Uh, I like was walking down to grab a beer cuz we it was kind of over. And I was with our head of sales, Bobby, and the two of us were walking out, and Olivia Newton-John walked out right next to us. Did, I'm you, like, gasp? did you gasp? I kind of did. Oh I, I kind of fanboyed out a little I bit. She was she she was so beautiful, like she's gorgeous. I know she's battling cancer again, yeah. um, but like I was kind of I was like, hey, great job. I, I couldn't <laughs> not say something. It was so I, close. Uh, have you never been mellow? Is the Olivia Newton-John song I was trying to okay, think. Okay, that sounds like um, that's a very seventies gold song Neil um, Diamond was good in the jazz singer at 29 one I forgot about Meatloaf in Fight Club Dude, he was, Meatloaf he was, was good great in a lot of stuff yeah he was good in well in Rocky Horror Rocky Horror and in the Steve Martin movie where he plays the preacher like the oh yeah the uh whatever he was like a crook you know he goes into that town mm-hmm. with Deborah Winger I can't remember the name of that movie right now but it's good Forecast today, clouds and sun, upper 60s, a little cool today, but a lot warmer over the weekend. And into next week, it is 52 at DV. What I'd like is a list of bad performances from musicians who thought they'd be good oh actors. Oh my God, there are a ton. Because there's probably a bunch of those. Like a really weird one that strings to mind, Jay Farrar from uh, Sunvolt mm-hmm. is in the movie Shop Girl, the Steve Martin movie, and he's just, he can't really oh, yeah. do anything but stand there. But, I feel like Billy Corgan was in something. Now I can't. Billy Corgan, yeah. he was in WWE. Yes, he was on Infowars. That's kind of you know, yeah, that's kind of that counts. That's fiction. You want bad acting from a musician? Yes. George Strait did a movie 
I can't remember the name of it, but he he basically played a country music singer. And, and he couldn't he, do that? And he was horrifically awful. Well, you you just reminded me of a great performance that I didn't see mentioned, which was Dwight Yoakam in Sling Blade. Oh. He was phenomenal. Yeah. He's been in a couple How movies. How about your boy uh, from uh, the band? Oh, Levon Helm. Yeah. yeah. The coal miner's daughter. He played her dad, and he was also in The Right Stuff. The Right Stuff. He was phenomenal. Yeah. He was... Levon had a natural gift. He could oh, have been great. Mariah Carey and Glitter. Yeah. That's, again, terrible. Completely awful. Uh, IGN. A Rihanna in Battleship. Sting in Dune didn't really add much to it. No, Mick Jagger was in a couple of movies, too, and he could never act, really, as much as he wanted to. I have a feeling if Mick Jagger would have become a big actor, he would have been like, see ya, I'm done. He would have left the Stones. Because there was that little bit of a lull where they were doing their solo albums and he did a couple movies. I'm probably wrong. I wish Bob Dylan would have done a buddy comedy with Kevin Hart, though. I think we really missed the, an opportunity there for a great on-screen matchup. He's in this bad ones list for uh, Hearts of Fire. Yep, never saw it. Jessica Simpson and the Dukes of Hazard. She doesn't count. Vanilla Ice, cool as ice. <laughs> Those are phenomenal. Also doesn't count. There are a lot Rollins of good rap. Bad movies. Henry Rollins. He did a lot of, yeah, not so great parts, but he plays a good maniac. Yeah, well, he was the bodyguard in Heat, and then he had he was the cop in the chase with Charlie Sheen. Yes, that was the one I remember. Him and Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson catching a lot of flack these days. She's a big time uh, MAGA uh, girl, and uh, you know her Hollywood brethren have not taken too kindly to Buffy being all uh, MAGA. <laughs> yeah, she's. she's I just saw higher learning. She's MAGA. Ah, another great one. Yeah. Which there, Ice Cube is in? Yeah, he's really good. There's something like there's a lot of rappers who are good. Method Man is a good actor. Well, now his son, Ice Cube's son, did great in. Uh, Straight out of Compton. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, let's uh, move on to the coffee house now. I mean, Donnie Iris, let's face it, would be a great... Uh, I mean, you could put him in any... Oh, yeah. Goodfellas, any Scorsese movie, Donnie Iris could kick ass. He could have been Michael Corleone. <laughs> He's more of a sonny, don't you think? No, Alfredo! Alfredo would have been great. Time for the... Uh, Coffee House, the Point Park University stage. Atlas up there right now. Mike Lewandowski, Al Snyder. How you guys doing? What's up? Hey, pretty good. I think you got about every movie I've ever seen. Oh, <laughs> you got the Enormo Dumb uh, reverb going on up there right now. I, I like it. Um, all right. Well, so what? So what's going on here? What are you guys uh, going to be playing for us this morning? Uh, first song we're going to do is a song called Thank You. Is Mike this Al or Mike? This is Al. This is Al. This song. is Mike right here. Okay, so you guys are the band, the two of you? It's like Steely Dan. Yes. There you go. You're the Donald Fagan. Which one's Donald Fagan and which one's Walter Becker? I'm the live one. He's the dead one. I'm showing my age. <laughs> okay, so what do you guys got for us here? A uh, song called uh, Thank You. Um, we kind of came up with in the studio together. Uh, Mike came up with the original idea and... We did it at my studio, Albie Road Studios, where um, we recorded a lot of things, and um, it turned out pretty good. It actually sounds like it's a you know a love song, but it's, it's uh, both of our moms had passed away, and and it kind of snuck into the song a little bit, so it's a little deeper than when you first uh, when you first think about it. All right, so do you think either of you guys could become great actors one day? Oh, I'm actually in the middle of trying acting out now. You're trying it out? <laughs> yes. How? 
So my wife's brother, he does all of our music videos. So we've been getting... You guys have music videos? Yes. Where do we see the music videos? YouTube. Okay, YouTube. And what do we search? Uh, you get to spell Atlas. So the way Atlas is spelled is A-T-L ampersand S. Oh, okay. Like and. Correct. Yeah. A-T-L ampersand S. And yeah. if we yeah. search that on YouTube, how many music videos do you have? Uh, right now, three have been released. Holy cow. And then we have... There's a fourth one that's just three, about to drop. Yeah, there's a fourth one that's going to... Uh, get released on November sixth, and then we have three other ones in the holster. You got so, it. You're going. You're on your seventh video production. This is our seventh video production. Jeez. And second album's about to drop too. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. You guys ain't messing around. <laughs> yeah, we love it. All right. Well, so uh, have you shopped them anywhere? Have you like uh, tried to get them on like MTV or something? Uh, not yet. I mean, it's it's kind of been more of the recording phases, just building up the arsenal. And then got to bone now, up the arsenal. Yeah, now we're ready. To, now I feel like we have enough material and we're ready to go to kind of try to take it to the next level. Okay, well, good deal. So uh, the song is called "Thank You." Here they are performing live for you in the DVE Coffee House. It's Atlas Ampersandes. That has always been there for 
That's thank you. All right, so when are you guys going to be uh, playing live? Where, where where can people go see you? I think the next thing we're going to do, we're going to do a CD release party, and we're um, probably going to put this out in um, late October, early November. Find a place. We may do Jurgles. We're thinking about okay. two places. And, sure. Um, so Jurgles is one of them. But um, And then we'll just do the CD release party. So mm -hmm. Okay, so all right, good deal. And that'll be on the CD? Yes. Yeah, that's actually probably going to be... But uh, can people hear it right now? Are you on Spotify? Well, yes. The first album's on Spotify now. However, the second album, that'll all kind of come out at the same time. Right. So, that's on YouTube, Spotify, okay, sure. iTunes, everything. Yeah. Definitely. Whole, yeah. By mid-November, it'll be out. Jurgles has video screens there, so you could actually play along with your music videos there. Hey, that's pretty. I've good. already thought about that. That means you won't there, have to dress up. There you go. There you go. Uh, it, you know, interactive night with Atlas. Uh, check them out on uh, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, everywhere you get music. Yeah, and just make sure you go A T L and S. That L and S is for Lewandowski and Snyder. So, oh, so now you get it. Names. Who was playing drums up there? Uh, that's our uh, that's our Joe Wislowski who I was in, I was in a band called the Corbin Hander Band, and our sure. drummer. Oh my god, is, my cousin was in that band. Who? Kip, Kip Paxton is oh, my Oh, Kip is my dearest friend. We've yeah. been friends since, well, 78. He's, yeah, I still talk. His, his, Kip's birthday is October 8th, so oh. happy birthday, Kip. Coming happy up. birthday, yeah, Kip. happy birthday, Kip. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. Joe Wazlowski's so, on drums? Yep, that's it, yeah. He's I, playing I, I right now? Him. He's amazing because we actually Is he do playing the, right now up in the studio? He's a friend of mine. I haven't seen Is, is he up there? 
No, 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 oh, no. Okay, who was playing drums just now? Well, uh, it is a pre-recorded track, oh, but it's show okay. playing. Okay, that's cool. You yeah. used his pre-recorded. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I mean, I was we say, played yeah. live guitar, we played live piano, and the drums and the bass I played are just you know pre pre-recorded. I got but you. Joe comes in and plays like we'll do drum tracks yeah. just on the computer. Okay. He'll come in one take. Never falter. He's just an amazing no, guy. He's a pro. All he's right. Well, hey, nicely done. We got to go to a commercial. Okay. But Atlas, go check him out. Thanks a lot, guys. See you later. All right. Coming up. Play. DVE Sports. All right. Mike Pursuta is here with a sports update for you as we get set for Steelers-Falcons, a Sunday 1 o'clock matchup. Also, Pens get their season kicked off with an overtime win last night. Sports is brought to you by CBS Television. I love when uh, Twitter plays along at home with the DVE Morning Show. Yeah. Can clean up some details that uh, I was too lazy to Google. Uh, the move, the George Strait movie I was talking about is called Heartland. That's the one. Okay. He he couldn't play dead in a cowboy movie. George Strait. <laughs> <laughs> He's a country singer who can't play a country singer. That's bad. And not a real complicated one at that. Uh, regarding the uh, musicians in films, uh, got a little love for Tim McGraw in The Blind Side. <sighs> I mean, I would throw in Tim McGraw on Friday Night Lights, Billingsley's dad. Is he in the movie or the TV show? The movie. Okay. Um, and last but not least, uh, the Tom Hanks character. Why not Forrest Gump? Great punt and kick returner. I was thinking that too, but he might be the stupidest blankety. We do have Keith Butler. We got a couple. run. We got a couple Alabama guys on staff. I thought you know he might fit. Plus, it'd be a great intro, you know. But instead Bobby of having Greenbow, Alabama, instead of having the fans have signs that they can all hold up in unison that say "Stop," maybe the Steelers should have one that says "Cover somebody, start, <laughs> <laughs> tackle, yeah, score an effing touchdown." Those, you know, I know Mike Tomlin likes to say, like, uh, I'm not concerned about it. Yeah, we got to get off to a quicker start. But, I mean, you can't keep digging yourself into 21-point, 14-point holes to start these games. Well, if you get out of them, you can. It's uh, They're one in the fourth quarter. This just in. They've had their chances. And, you know, the 21 nothing hole against Kansas City wasn't a big deal at halftime. <laughs> They'd scored some points in the second well, half against Baltimore. They went and won that game. The Cleveland game, we always knew they were going to look back and regret not getting the win there. I know it's not a loss, but it's not a win. But that Baltimore game was there for the taking, and that was the home game you had with that division rival. Had to take advantage of those circumstances. Really going to uh, regret that one down the road, I believe, too. Well, unless they uh, make some amends. they got a chance to do that Sunday. Do something in the division, eventually. Against the Falcons. Uh, kind of Dotting some I's and crossing some T's. Kicker Chris Boswell showed up on the injury report on Wednesday, but uh, he's fine. He practiced yesterday. Yeah, he did. Did a good job. Uh, Looked real good. He did kick in practice today, uh, full workout. Everything's good. You had said last week you thought you saw something Yeah, we did, and we think we fixed it. You said you you expected better. He delivered. He delivered, and we expect that to continue. So... Crisis averted or yes. nerves calm. Hey, this is week to week, man. This whole business is week to week. But uh, we expect him to be uh, the player that he is, yes. On offense, uh, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown haven't been the consistently combustible combination that they've been in seasons past. The Steelers are working on that. I do. I do. Because there's great communication amongst them. Great work today. Awesome. 
um, you know, we're just going to stay the course. Did you emphasize that today? Well, we didn't emphasize anything like that, you know, as far as, like, them too. Uh, we just emphasized the idea that we're going to have a, a good practice, and, and we did. That was offensive coordinator Randy Fickner getting married and then talking about Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. Uh, defensively, uh, Keith Butler's got his hands full dealing with Matt Ryan and the Falcons. Uh, the answer is probably not going to be blitzing Matty Ice. As we're starting to come around here, I think our four-man rush has got to improve, and I think we will. They, they were good to us last year. They end up uh, getting a bunch of sacks for us last year. I, I think we will. Uh, I like our matchups this week uh, in terms of uh, trying to get pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. He's probably one of those guys who'll see the blitz coming. Oh, he's been around, man. He's he's pretty. He's seen. You know, we played him four years ago. We blitzed a stew out of him back then. So you know, he's seen all the all the blitzes that probably we've we've run. So it's it's. Uh, he's not going to be fooled by any of that stuff. So we we, we got to do a good job of covering and a good job of pressuring the quarterback just in our base defenses. I you know, I, my reaction to that is come up with new blitzes. He's already seen everything we, we've done. We can't surprise nah, him? He, he sees everything everybody's done. He, I don't think this guy's a – you get him with four. Their line is shaky. It, it's really the same approach the Falcons try to take because they're so weak on the back end because they lost both of their safeties. They're not going to blitz a ton either. At least they haven't the last two weeks. They've, they have good – they think they have good down linemen that can rush, and the Steelers do too. Um you know, then you try to cover with numbers on the back end and keep them in front of you and all that crap, and just don't let them score. Right. You know, sixty yards at a time. Don't be afraid to throw one in there once in a while. There, were, there was a play against Cincinnati where uh, Darquez Denard, the corner, came up and he was in the slot, tipping a slot blitz that uh, you know, similar to what Mike Hilton does for the Steelers. And Calvin Ridley, the rookie wide receiver for the Falcons, just pointed at him, and Matt Ryan just nodded. Denard blitzed, and they threw right into the blitz and hit Sanu. And uh, you got to you got to kind of constrict him, and at least make him throw it before he wants to. Maybe pop him a couple times and get him uncomfortable, and then hang on. I think they're going to win this game. I think the offense is going to rise up, and I think the defense will have just enough splash. 44-38, something like that. But I do, I do think they're going to win this game. By the way, if you had seen the Falcons play the last two weeks, you would too. Honest to God, that defense. You think the Steelers have problems on defense? Watch these guys, man. They. It's a good thing they shut the music off. <laughs> the D, the Falcons DJ yeah. had to turn everything. it down because they got issues, and it, you can't lose three really good starters and and overcome it. You just cannot. All right. Well, hopefully the Steelers can take advantage of that. Penguins beat the Caps 7-6. to six. Here's the kind of night it was. You had the star powers shining. Alex Ovechkin scored a goal. Evgeny Malkin scored a goal. Crystal Tang scored a couple. TJ Oshie scored a couple. There were also goals by Jamie Alexiak and Brooks Orpik. Yeah, he opened the scoring like, what was it, a minute 40-something into the game? Holy smokes, Jamie Alexiak. 149. Everybody was scoring, Val. Including Latang in overtime. Penguins have the Canadians on Saturday night. That's all I got. Well, we'll get you fired up one more time before we get out of here today. As Mike will get you set for Sunday night's matchup with the pregame preamble for Steelers Falcons. And when we come back, Sean Collier gives you the uh, the Venom review you've been waiting for. Tom Hardy's latest. Don't forget your Bud Light game day bar of the week. Minio's Pizza House, Squirrel Hill's $3 Bud Light bottles every Steelers Sunday. Minio's is your Bud Light game day bar of the week. Calm. 
It is the DVE Morning Show. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine here with uh, a review of Venom. We talked about A Star is Born last hour. You really liked that. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, As our founding fathers once swept across this great land to unite, uh, what do we call it? Manifest Destiny. Yeah. Marvel will eventually own every superhero. They want all of them. But we are now in a situation where they have most of them. So Marvel's like the NFL of superhero movies. DC continues to exist. They're arena football of superhero movies. Still there. Some people like it way too much. It just goes on existing. And yet, there are little scraps of remaining characters that other people own. Sony Pictures. The XFL of superhero movies. <laughs> no one wanted it. It's not a good idea. They don't know how to do it, and yet they're going to do it anyway. Somehow, even though Spider-Man and many of the Spider-Man ancillary characters went back to Marvel, Sony hung on to some Spider-Man villains, including Venom. And so they said, let's go ahead and make a Venom movie, even though Venom is a, Superman, is a Spider-Man bad guy. Without Spider-Man, we're just going to make a movie just about... Venom on his own. The bad guy. The bad guy from a couple Spider-Man comics who was popular in, like, the early 90s, I guess. Let's get Tom Hardy and Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams, I'm convinced that she's in this because one day she woke up and said, I'm sick of going from Brooklyn to Manhattan. I'm sick of calling the Uber. I want a place in the village. Get me... East Village money. Well, you can be in Venom, sure, whatever, as long as I get that apartment. So Michelle <laughs> Williams is here. Tom Hardy is a great actor. <laughs> After seeing Venom, I'm convinced that he goes in and is just off-the-wall, crazy, kooky, weird performances, and a good director reigns him in. This movie does not have one of those, so he's just silly. It is just a silly, goofy, all-over-the-place, over-the-top performance. Eventually, Venom, like, is a, a they call it a symbiote. It's kind of a parasite. It invades you, and then you're both you and Venom. So eventually, he starts talking to himself. It's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde thing. And there's supposed to be these really serious moments where Venom's face kind of morphs out of him and he's having a conversation with Venom and it's meant to be serious and it looks exactly like Who Framed Roger Rabbit. (laughs) It is just a bunny and Eddie Valiant arguing. Why couldn't you? You could take your hand out of the handcuffs the whole time. It wasn't funny then. That's what this superhero movie looks like. <laughs> the um, the kid that was in the night of plays yes. the bad guy in this movie. Riz uh, Ahmed, and, oh, and okay. he, is, he goes to jail. He is certain. He he does a very good job. He is a credible, believable, compelling Wait, superhero villain. Uh, isn't Venom the bad guy? Oh, Venom's kind of the anti-hero, and he yeah. eventually decides that he wants to save hum- it, it Look, Isn't if you're looking for guy, logic... Because doesn't he say we only kill the bad guys? Yes. In the movie? The bad guy to the bad guy is my friend? It's all yeah. bad guys. All bad guys all the time. It's. I mean, this is the thing now. There are two Joker movies coming out. There's the Joaquin Phoenix Joker, and there's the Jared Leto Joker, and we're going to resurrect Cesar Romero. Is he dead? I don't know. He's I'm probably a Joker. dead. He's a Joker. He's a Joker. Is we're he, all Jokers. Is, is the eighties, uh, the sixties Joker dead? He's got to be dead, right? Cesar Romero. Yeah, very much. Very dead. Yes. Uh, in any case, very dead. 
If you want to see Venom, it is so weird and goofy and train wreck that you could probably go and give it the old Plan 9 from Outer Space treatment and make fun of it. It convinces me that when Sony gives up and Venom ends up in the real comic book movies with Spider-Man, that Venom will be a good character there. Other than that, you know, go and rip on it if you want. All right, Venom, Mm. not good. I'd say if you want to see Venom, see A Star is Born anyway. See a movie for grown-ups for once in your damn life. Yeah, for crying out loud. There you go. Steelers! Falcons! Which direction will this season take this Sunday? Could be the fork in the road for these guys, Mike. Mike Pursuta gets you ready. As he will on Sunday, as part of the Pittsburgh Steeler Radio Network. Here he is for you now, getting you set for Steelers Falcons on TV. The cavalry is coming to the rescue, or so the cavalry has said. But what if when the cavalry gets here, celebrating Indians are the only ones left? What if by the time the Carpathia arrives, the Titanic is already at the bottom of the North Atlantic? In case you missed the movie, that actually happened. What if Le'Veon Bell is so late to the party that by the time he shows up, the party's over? Dandy Don isn't poised to turn out the lights on the Steelers in October, is he? Not officially, perhaps, but the Steelers' 1-2-1 start is cause for concern, if not alarm. The hole they've already dug is as uncharacteristic as extricating themselves from it will be daunting. And the biggest problem so far has been the offense. Say what you will about a defense that can't get off the field, about slow starts, especially at home, and about all the misadventures on special teams. The Steelers will take the field against Atlanta, having scored points in one of their last six quarters and having managed one touchdown, one, since the start of the third quarter on September the 24th at Tampa. They ran for 19 yards last Sunday night against the Ravens, and for the season, Ben Roethlisberger has thrown as many interceptions on balls launched for Antonio Brown as he has touchdowns, three apiece. That's as unstealer like as it is ineffective and unacceptable. But the schedule maker has delivered an opportunity to make amends. The Falcons have allowed 931 yards and 10 touchdowns over their last two games and have blown late fourth quarter leads in both. Atlanta is the first team since the 1966 New York football Giants to score at least 36 points in back-to-back games and somehow lose them both. That makes blowing a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl a few years back seem almost understandable by comparison. Are you ready for some football? The Falcons' offense is combustible and quarterback Matt Ryan is on fire. But the last time an Atlanta defense was this vulnerable, the opponent was General William Tecumseh Sherman. You can't remember how that turned out. Cue up gone with the wind. Ben Roethlisberger and the underachieving Steelers offense have to like their chances in a similar matchup. They need to confirm they are who we thought they were. If that doesn't happen sooner rather than later, there might not be anything of consequence left for the Cavalry to save. Mike Pursuta, getting you set. Yeah, Steelers, Falcons, Sunday, 1 o'clock. You want to go to the game? Well, be caller number 19-333-WDVE. we got a pair of t- uh, Steeler tickets to give away. We're going Juju on this one because we need good Juju. You think World War II references are outdated? I give you <laughs> 1864. When you give me Spanish-American War references, I know you'll really have come full circle. That'll be next week. All right, good. Challenge accepted. Thanks to uh, Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine. Listen, not to brag, uh, I wrote a play, okay? Started a theater group, wrote a play. It's called Hollow Moon. It's happening next month. We put tickets on sale last week. 80% of them, give or take, are gone already. So if you would like to see it, nice. and I recommend it, it 
It is an immersive mystery set in a historic house in Lawrenceville. Maybe haunted, maybe deadly games. Who knows? Mm. Things are You're going to be trapped in a house and bad things are going to happen. It's one yeah. of those. Uh, and you're a character. It's one of those oh. immersive shows. You're not sitting and watching. You're playing along. Yeah. When you said immersive, I thought we had to be in a tank. No. You'll be above water. Okay. But that's that's all I can tell you for now. In any case, I love the cast. I love everything about it. Next month, only a few tickets left. You can find a link on my Twitter right now, at Sean Collier PGH, or Vigilance Theater. Thanks to Daryl Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for our Know Your Enemy segment earlier this morning. Interesting stuff going on in Atlanta, and they're in a peculiar situation as well. Yellow had a lot of good information. Yeah. Uh, as always, <clears throat> thanks to Dave Damshek from the NFL Network and the band Atlas in the Coffee House. Michelle will be coming up next with the Electric Lunch at noon. you got the Penguins on our brother station, 105.9 X tomorrow night against the Canadians. Tickets for that available at PittsburghPenguins.com. And then Steelers Sunday, the broadcast... Pre-game starts 9 a.m. for the 1 o'clock kickoff here on your radio home of the Pittsburgh Steelers. 102.5 DVE. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him done, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.